Welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop. I am Wood. Made daily. With organic, farm-to-table, localized, neuralized, sterilized, scotch-guarded for 2020 repellent, available online, shipped via Amazon, not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken Pencil Logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Yeah, man. We're going to get back on our regularly schedule. Regu- regularly schedule. <laughs> I said that. I, I know. Regular over hill. Hey, you mean? We're going to get on our reg- regular schedule. Whenever we decide. Fuck. fuck. Fuck you mean, Shot? Ain't nothing on here regular. <laughs> Whenever we decide what regular is, we ain't got no regular. We got premium and gas. This is the start of the blackest thing you ever heard in your life, or the blackest thing you never heard in your life, as I've been saying lately. The Black History Month, you bastards. Look, I just want you to know that right now. absolutely unequivocally no fucks are being given about anyone's feelings who are not in line with experiencing the blackest thing ever I mean off the top rope into your chest cavity with an elbow full of blackness unprotected raw (laughs) not that shit they give you on Mondays and in case you didn't understand they can only price mean one thing. Gone sky. Price just went up. Price, price just went, price just went up. And we not dressing like Joe these days either. <laughs> <laughs> look, them damn Yeezy boots look like they instantly <laughs> give you lower back pain. Who shouts out to my man DJ Tum. Shouts out to my man uh, DJ Assassinate. Shouts out to Creo. Man, listen. How can you how can you be forced to walk frontwards and backwards at the same damn time? That's how you. That's how you compress. <laughs> that's how you compress fucking vertebrae, and you get ruptured disc. You be walking around this bitch like Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Ooh, man, and you. I bet. I bet Cody Rhodes try to put them hoes on. He fall in pain and kick them bitches off to the other side of the room. I think Cody got enough good, good goddamn sense to not even put them on. I can start with that. Bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) The trolling and the the vulturing of the sneaker culture is alive and well in AEW. Ain't nobody above putting on a motherfucking thing. He did. Matter of fact. He did troll the wrestling industry this weekend too. You see what I'm saying? So what I feel like might happen is you fuck around and get one of the young bucks in the next two weeks, put on them damn snow boots and come out to the ring. <laughs> and then claim they living rent free. Man, oh boy. Today, <laughs> today is Thursday, February the 3rd. Year of our Lord. Year of our Lord. I said year of our Lord. Year of our Lord. 2022. Why would you say that? Amen. And, uh,. We just had the the most mediocre Royal Rumble we've had. Nah, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. One of. Oh, it's only okay. You can put it in one of. But yeah, one of. That, that is only because we were we were given the idea 
that certain things were promised and we never really got a confirmation on any of those things that were supposed to be promised we just ran with it I'm, no, I'm gonna do you one one better I'm gonna I'm bring it back which gave us heightened expectations but go ahead I'm gonna run it back real quick so first and foremost I predicted that we would see Willie G not only enter but win the Royal Rumble that, that, that was, was all like, the way wrong you, you'd put like two dollars or twenty dollars on that shit in Vegas for the hope that you're gonna score 500 grand that somebody was, did this shit today <laughs> somebody did that shit Sunday with the with the Chiefs and Bengals like they hit the exact score on a twenty dollar wager and now they like half a millionaire I mean why not <laughs> why you know not that's a, that's a fucking prop bet like anything involving the Royal Rumble or WWE in general nowadays it is the most difficult shit in the world that you, to gamble on because half the time they don't know what the fuck they're gonna do it's um it's a scripted athletic competition it has gone on record as saying so for years and now like, we're able to bet on these things and one thing we did not bet on considering the chain of events leading up to Saturday's Royal Rumble event in St. Louis number one the untimely well I can't say the untimely but the ill-timed passing of Vince McMahon's mother who lived to be 101 years old may she rest in peace Blessings and prayers out to the McMahon family. Right. And I I've, I saw a picture that Shane O'Mac was in Dallas on Friday. And uh-huh. I forgot that Mrs. McMahon or uh, Mr. 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 McMahon's mother, should I say. Um, her name escapes me, but I will have it here in a second. But she, she was more than likely residing in Texas because I believe he has a brother that lives here that, you know, that's completely... Un- unaffiliated with the company and or the business of, of sports entertainment and or professional wrestling. Right. So me seeing him on Saturday further confirmed the fact to me that he was completely removed away from the family business because we haven't seen him in probably a year and a half. Was that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. All right. Now we're on the same page here. Okay. Cool. You sent me an article today while I'm, well, actually, I'm today, I'm sorry, on Sunday while I was minding my damn business. As that's normally <laughs> when, when shit pops up. When you mind your damn business, somebody figures out a way to, to interject themselves. I'm neither outside nor inside. I am simply minding my damn business. <laughs> Suave Burgundy yeah. sends me a link and says, You believe this? And I could only no, think, no, oh, see, shit. Number one, this is one of those things where text does not convey emotion. The way I sent it was like, do you believe this? Like, do you or don't you? Not oh, like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, not, not like in the gorilla monsoon. You believe this? What a miscarriage of justice. For crying out loud. Yeah, n- not, yeah none of that. Vicky, none of that. Vicky Askew is, uh, is her name. Vince McMahon's mother. Continue though. So I read, I read the um, the article, and I'm like, 
this is a lot of information. You know how we we talked about in the past, like when when people start to get overly specific in these articles about what's going on, it's like okay, either the author is the fucking mole, or some of this stuff is being made up. So when I read it and it went into the the length of detail that it was like everybody's reactions and how much heat explain what's going on then I yeah so the article states headline pwmania.com is the source by the way Shane McMahon reportedly had major heat following the Royal Rumble how in the hell could someone who has been a fixture in this company going back to the mid 90s who can disappear for five years and pop back up to fanfare and adulation, catch heat as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble? Oh, this gets way Cause more interesting. Because that's not my only job function, you know, good bastard. <laughs> oh, Shane McMahon decided to put his, his, his pencil in his hand and his cap to the back and start writing shit. Someone had to ask him to do that. Like, someone had to ask. He didn't just walk in and grab a pad and say, I'm Pat Patterson, follow my lead. Someone asked him to do this. There was a conversation that was had, and he agreed to participate. To quote this article, a tenured member of the WWE creative team revealed that Shane McMahon openly buried Jamie Noble and tried... <laughs> and, Who, and he tried to book the rumble around himself furthermore McMahon was confrontational and he was gung-ho to put himself over and even fighting with people to do so quote nah. <laughs> quote nah. Shane was fight Shane fighting with everyone booking himself to be one of the last ones out eliminating KO and just standing toe-to-toe with everyone has the entire locker room really angry that is a lot that's a lot from the time the article came out because the article came out had to be published Sunday that is a lot of information to just slip through the cracks and it was published Sunday by the way hours. yeah, yeah it, it in was- less than 24 hours that's a lot of how are you gauging the reaction of this many grown ups well let's let's talk about the rumble shall we can we can we go through the rumble in brief detail sure all right, we, we ain't got shit else to do. <laughs> and your ass is inside. It's, I don't know about where where you're at, our audience of one out there, but we in Texas, ho, and North Texas at that. It's freezing, and we got snow out this bitch. So deal with take, it. <laughs> take it easy. Take it easy. The main thing is to remain calm. Relax. The first rule in a crisis situation is to remain calm. Relax. All right, so. Your your number one entrant, who had also the most eliminations, also coupled with the longest time in this year's Royal Rumble, at a whopping twenty nine minutes, AJ Styles with six eliminations. Swear to God, no cap. I think this is this where it starts. It starts at number one. You have AJ Styles come out at number one. What does he do before he even hits the ring? 
He hits he hits the signature HBK pose. Didn't even so he, do the AJ pose in the aisle. Right. He didn't put the gloves together, none, none of that. He didn't do the the pull the hood hood off and I'm phenomenal. He did the tribute to HBK. Now, right here, this is where you know AJ is fully aware of where he is and what he's doing. He knows what he's doing when he does that. He's teasing the fact that he's gonna go coast to coast. That's a man. There was a lot of great storytelling. That is part of it. Like some people really went above and beyond to tell a great story. I love, I love how you just put that. Some people really went above and beyond to tell a great story. There's some great storytelling happening. This man hasn't even hit the ring yet. Talk right. about great storytelling. Your thoughts are exacerbated by this entry. Number two, Shinsuke Nakamura. Why is this we important? Just, because Shinsuke and AJ had history in New Japan. Great history. history. In New Japan had a had a co-main event at WrestleMania 34. That part. All all of that. And we we discussed it. We talked about it. Dream how WWE current day handles dream matches. This was a dream match at WrestleMania. This is still a dream match today if the gloves are off. Now, granted, styles change in WWE, but there's a way that you can still like this match in NXT is a green match. It's a dream match. Well, and I mean the original NXT, not this 2.0 bullshit. You can't please, tell please, me we, we don't speak of that here. <laughs> you can't tell me that if Black and Gold NXT grabbed AJ and, and Shinsuke Nakamura and put them in, put them on for a, a takeover, that is not your main event. And even I mean, if it's not your main event. It's going to be main event quality in about thirty I mean, minutes long. I mean, duh. <laughs> I mean, fucking duh. But the creative failed the individual's storytelling. For for AJ not to get to the final four, final three, he could have been been in Drew McIntyre's spot and been the final one, and that would have been compelling as fuck. You mentioned Drew McIntyre, number twenty one. Last eliminated after going face to face with the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar, who was not even slated for the Royal Rumble. Why was Brock in the Royal Rumble? Because he got jobbed out to uh, Bobby Lashley, thanks to your tribal chief and head of the table, Roman Reigns. And as a matter of fact, Swab, have you acknowledged your tribal chief today? I have, and uh, I have no problem with doing it again. There's your acknowledgement. Uh, your daily acknowledgement acknowledged. <laughs> turn, uh, turn on your settings. Um, number four. We'll come back to number three in a second. Number four, Robert Roode. Why is this important? AJ and Robert Roode were in a faction together in TNA, to which the crowd recognizes and starts chanting TNA as they're looking at each other face to face. They're barking at each other, basically propping each other up. Mm-hmm. And you so get I Robert Roode in there for a cup of coffee, uh huh? Robert Roode just works entirely too hard for this. Like, he deserves so he much put, better. He's he's obviously putting the time in with his diet and his workout routine. Um, he's seeing the spray tan man every time he's supposed to be on television. Robert Roode is in, is in his early forties and hasn't looked this good since he was in Beer Money. Then you strip him of his music, which was like the most over thing about him because you weren't really giving him opportunities to show anything else other than his in-ring acumen. Um, you you peel him of the song. The song is absolute money. 
I don't. I, I mean, don't understand. Give him why. a give him a IC run. Give him a U.S. title run. Do something with him besides this tag team with Dolph Ziggler and Dolph I mean, Zig- Dolph Ziggler. Also in the Rumble, came in at number sixteen. Let's talk about the fact that a he was in the ring for twenty one minutes, got zero eliminations. Doesn't matter. Ziggler's a beast. Robert Roode, one minute, no eliminations. Also, that's poor. Also, Dolph Ziggler, 15 Royal Rumble appearances. There's only one other person that's got more appearances than than him, and that's Kane. Um, Think about that, that. That is a testament to what is the best ability? Availability. What is the second best ability? Reliability. Ziggler ain't gonna fail you. He is clockwork. It, the only the only time it, the only time he wasn't reliable was when uh, uh, Del, Del Rio concussed his ass. Like, and uh, even that you got kicked in the head. I, yeah, I tell yourself not to get. That's what I'm up. saying. Like you, you're supposed to be unreliable when you get kicked in the damn head. Ziggler made Willie G look good. Oh man, he <laughs> Ziggler put put Willie G in a unique position where he had a match that didn't look like every other one. He he played the part of Supercell Sunday and got right. Willie he got Willie G mad. Moreover, <laughs> he, he put he himself got, he over, got, a, got him a couple licks in, pause, and and made it look good. <laughs> the super kick soon as the bell rings, great. Like Ziggler, I, I'm never gonna be upset with Ziggler being a part of anything because he puts forth the effort. He works super hard. Um, the Let, days of him being a main eventer have probably come and gone. But that's that has more to do with, you know, when you're on TV, you age in dog years. <laughs> so he's just been on the same TV for entirely too long. Let, let's also talk about the fact that he had a chance to shoot with uh with, with Chad Gable uh, for a few for a few seconds. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So there there was a lot of uh, deep cuts, crate digger moments in this Royal Rumble, which is why I can't necessarily agree with the fact that it was what was the word you used to describe it mediocre yeah like when you're getting easter eggs and you're getting all sorts of interaction that that makes that crowd and what i said about the world rumble crowd that is akin to the wrestlemania crowd international smart marks people who really watch wrestling from all over the world that's put that's the culture and also i will say this too um for them to put this on in America Center or the Dome in America Center in St. Louis, formerly the Edward Jones Dome, for, formerly the uh, American Airlines Dome slash Trans World Dome, um, that place can hold sixty-eight, close to seventy thousand people. They packed in forty-four thousand people. Not a bad turnout. Why is it not so a bad they, turnout? Because it looked like a sellout on TV, even though it was nowhere near one. They did a great job of doing of, uh, of getting the, the the proper placement for these seats, and also having the camera set to where it didn't look like it was uh, they they were lacking. So, so yeah, in a, in a global pandemic and and all things considered, you you got over halfway there. <laughs> West Side Gun sighting. You talking about playing checkers, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> Say, listen, at this point. <laughs> West Side Gun got the keys to whatever happens with this situation. Because he's like, I mean, okay, take this shit off YouTube. I'm still, I watch wrestling. <laughs> I am a fan. I prove to you I am a fan. You don't have to give me my money, or uh, but you can even take away my money. I'm going to still give you all my money because I'm going to still show up. No, here, here's the thing you can't Uh-oh. stop him. <laughs> so what? 
what happens when somebody decides to put a a bug in his ear or a a pay slip in his pocket to wear other merch to said event Mm. all I'm saying is the game can be played many ways but the right way is the one you should choose <laughs> which way is that stay tuned you'll find out you uh, see what I'm saying number three in this the golden child Austin Theory um, only one elimination dirt sheet steered, steered the rest of the internet community wrong with this one too <laughs> they, they, for real like the the <laughs> some of these articles and air quotes journalists were like Austin Theory is a shoe in for the final four not even close in fact uh, that the elimination that he's credited with having was a co-elimination with AJ Austin oh, I'm sorry AJ Ridge Holland Ricochet Chad Gable and Dominic Mysterio where they eliminated Omos in the old, in the original or the, uh, the the typical let's gang up on the big man and get him out of their uh, spot Omos lasted a whole three uh, four minutes with three eliminations this is where I have to apologize I was wrong so we all look back at when Omos made his in-ring debut at uh, WrestleMania 36. And we were so impressed by the way he was coached. And we were like, okay, he looks competent enough in ring. We might have action. And we kept seeing the way the AJ uh, relationship was budding. And I said... At some point, he's going to break away from AJ. And if he stays on the same track he's on, there's your Royal Royal Rumble winner. I was almost there. (laughs) You were close. I was close. But whatever happened, I don't know if he regressed or something happened, but... They, they like one shot abandoned the the breakup with AJ. It was like this happened over a couple weeks of TV. They broke up and had one match and apparently it wasn't good or they had maybe, maybe even they had some house show matches that weren't good. They've completely abandoned the idea. AJ's moving on to greater things. They're not even going to have a WrestleMania blow off. In fact, um, AJ wasn't even earmarked to be the 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 face in this, and because of his battles on 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 <laughs> on the other brand that we don't mention anymore, he came back to Raw as a face. Eh, I don't <laughs> watch that, so I can't say he came back nowhere as a face. He kicked the shit out of Austin Theory, and when he did that, I was like, okay, that's not that's not a heel matchup. If Austin Theory is kicking it with McMahon, and you put him against AJ Styles. There's no way you're gonna look at AJ as the as the heel in that situation. He's just the he's the veteran face that's about to hand out a schooling. That's a fact. And then then you you parlay that into everything he did coming out of the Royal Rumble. He's playing to the smart crowd with the HBK tribute. Nothing about his entrance says heel. He didn't have any heel um, interactions. He hits everybody that hard. <laughs> And like, uh, for real. yeah, he 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 damn near crippled a, a couple of people with these uh, those open handed slaps. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've seen we've seen Big Show 
Paul White, whatever you want to call him, uh, the, 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 the giant. We've seen him silence crowds with slapping people in the damn chest because his his hands look like fucking meat hooks. Flying pans. Man, and Omos, I mean, unless these folks were having Super Cell Saturday, Omos made that look like child's play. Listen, give give me... Oh, well, here, here's another one. Here, here's another faux pas. We were expecting something big because it was, you know, something we come accustomed to seeing in the Royal Rumble. We saw big, saw a big fuck up. Kofi Kingston. Mm. Kofi climbs to the top from the outside and gets pushed by Kevin Owens where Kofi is supposed to fly from the top turnbuckle to the ring barricade and not have both of his feet touch while spidering the actual barricade. We've seen this spot before. Not quite with the distance that this one was because this one was obviously a little bit wider than it should have been. Yeah, he upped the, up the level of difficulty. Both feet touch in a valiant effort to try to save the spot. And he was sent to the back very quickly. In the, and I say very quickly, I mean the quickest elimination of the night, right at 20 seconds. Because it, it wasn't supposed to go down that way. Now, obviously, you kind of run out of ways to set up the feet don't touch the floor spot. But John Morrison did this already. Kofi did it already. So why are we trying to why are we trying to reinvent the wheel again? Like what's safer? Him trying to hit that with precision or him doing another handstand? How about him trying to hit this with precision or him trying to just oh, I don't know, win the goddamn Royal Rumble? I mean, look, you know why he's there. He's not winning the Royal Rumble. No, but at least make it look like you give a shit. We we know certain that is, that is his looking like he gives a shit. Cause that's his entertainment part. That's where he contributes. And how about the freakish strength of Rick Boogs? Ah, uh, bro, somebody, somebody got to sit him down and and have a conversation about um his origins or something about his DNA. Cause that that ain't normal. This dude can pick up full men his size or bigger. And teeter them from side to side without their feet touching the ground for a a a holding standing vertical suplex. Listen, bro, like hips. I haven't I haven't seen strength like that since you know bull piss was running running rampant in the early nineties. I mean, eighties. We could do a mixtape of people who could be that strong, and the only person who even comes close to that in modern day talk is Cesaro. There were yeah. people who were probably 50 to 60 pounds heavier who called themselves strong. Hell, some even the strongest men in the world. People like, oh, I don't know, Mark Henry, Ted City, Bill Kazmaier. These cats yeah. were professional wrestlers and well over 300 pounds, and they weren't doing shit like this. Well, until until Rick Boogs either bends a... a a steel pipe over his head <laughs> like Bill Kazmaier or folds a fucking frying pan over on itself like Mark Henry. Let's be a little bit more respectful <laughs> I'm of not, our of our predecessors. I'm not I'm not dis I'm not disrespecting them at all because those three were legit world's strongest men. 
at one point or another. Mm-hmm. So I would never disrespect their 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 their, their athletic prowess. What I'm okay. saying is we haven't seen what Rick Boogs has been doing or what did in the Royal Rumble ever. The silly shit got over. So it, it got over, but what at what cost? Uh, well, he he. <laughs> Sadly, only had one elimination and did not last. But five, he, he lasted less than five minutes. Uh, give give me somebody else before we go into the uh, the final four. Get, get anybody at random. Uh, see, that's where the mediocre starts because you start forgetting who else was there because they didn't really serve a purpose. We had one other person I thought had a hell of a showing and added entertainment value to the actual product, and that was Matt Riddle. I mean, well, you know, Riddle, Riddle's money at this point. Um, I don't really remember anything he did except, you know, he was covering up as, as Shane O'Mac was trying to prove a point. That See, that's the thing that, that got me. You're trying to fight a fighter. <laughs> no, no, but you realize how uncomfortable that position is? Like, I'm, like, Riddle in his mind has to be like, first of all, bro. But also, in his mind is like, Bitch, I fight for real. Yeah. If I, if, if I open up on your ass, pause, it's going to be a whole, it's going to be a crime scene in this ring. What do, you, he, what do you think? But, but he's the boss's son. But what do you so, think that was going on in Shane's mind for him to actually pull off the shit he was trying to do? Because I'm sure he's like, yeah, you're a fighter, but I fight too. Bitch, I'm super death killer. I'm going <laughs> to fix this whole company myself. Super, super, super death killer. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I've been telling y'all this about Shane for a long time, and now we have yet another prime example. You out here trying to, you know, throw short jabs and, and kidney punches against a, an actual combination. Combinations. You putting your you putting your punches together like you'd beat the shit out of somebody in a in a nightclub or, or some sort of um restaurant situation where shit got out of hand. Like Shane will hurt somebody. Yeah, like two two of those cause Shane ain't no small motherfucker. Two two of those is a rap for for that common man. Like in real life, like Shane will beat the shit out of a civilian. Don't don't you you ever heard Alcast say run up on him or him will beat your motherfucking ass. That's the same shit I feel about Shane <laughs> man. Run up on Shane with that bullshit and it beat your motherfucking ass. And I mean thoroughly. Here's the but, issue. Here's the issue. Riddle ain't that either. <laughs> Riddle is the genuine article. In fact, I don't even think we got a tease of Riddle and Brock Lesnar. That was no tease. That was that was Matt. Matt, you have a job to do. Like Matt's very Matt is very uh, aware of his job security. He realizes I'm doing great on television. I've got a segment every week. I'm in a tag team with Randy Orton. This seems to be going well for me probably gonna have a wrestlemania you know highly touted match so the one thing i can't go out here and do is number one act a fool 12 to 12 <laughs> to 6 on motherfucking shaming man and then try to get my rocks off of brock <laughs> and knowing knowing full well you're slated to go out by brock's hands so a tease of them never happened all you saw was riddle saying oh, you, sayonara oh, you go out you gonna go out <laughs> out the door and brock made it real easy Brock made it real easy on did anybody see, he eliminated. Did you see Brock flatten Shane? Like Shane tried that bullshit with Brock, with Brock and Brock flattened his ass with Quick. a clothesline? Like on some sit your ass down. <laughs> Say, and I mean, it looked, it looked 
stiff. Because you know McMahons, they like to fight fight. So you have to really hit them. So when they take bumps, like that shit's real. Like Vince McMahon has had his ass kicked. Because he only knows one way and one speed. Same with Shane. Shane gonna potato you. He gonna potato soup the fuck out of you if you ain't if you don't fight back. <laughs> so you might as well hit him. But Riddle did the right thing. He covered up and he tried to work with it and made it look good. Cause if he had just started giving him the business, they'd they'd had to carry Shane out. Who who who's been working in the last year on their craft? This man sold out two three tours. And decides to pop up at number 27, Bad Bunny. Disobedient, disobedient hair, hair in the house. <laughs> That's the only way I refer to him, disobedient hair. He outside. But he looked clean this time, though. His he he you can tell that he's still he's still working. Don't know what, what he's what his end game is, but he's trying to make his work look good. He cares about how his work looks in the ring. He takes it seriously. I and and honestly, I think that's all I wanted. Speak. So now that I know he takes it seriously, I'm not bothered. I was never really bothered by his involvement. It's just people blow things out of proportion. Either it's the people that don't that didn't know who he was, like, who is this? Why the fuck is he here? Or the people that were super excited because they're fans of his away from wrestling and it's like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to wrestling. Like, bitch, what time did you get here? On the flip side, Johnny Knoxville could have stayed home listen uh, we find out two three days before the rumble that while filming his now we know final jackass thank god i mean that he suffers a traumatic brain injury at the hands of a bull you go and play teenager with a bovine that has horns and expect not to get hurt mess with the mess with the bull get the horns listen now johnny been trying death for a long time a long 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 time eventually it has to catch up with you in some way shape or form it's the same thing about shane diving off shit the irony is (laughs) the irony is johnny knoxville real last name is cap go ahead though can't make that shit up <laughs> jeez but yeah if, if you were on the on the cool let's keep it real if you were gonna put lesnar in the rumble and make it actually mean something especially considering what he did the night before he should have taken johnny knoxville's spot like soon as soon as Johnny Knoxville's music hit and all the the remaining members of Jackass decided to come out, um, that would have been the time for Brock Lesnar to, to come through and sweep the whole floor with everyone, kick the shit out of Johnny Knoxville and take his spot. Cause hell, Brock Lesnar's body slamming Wee Man on tables at at the hotel the night before. <laughs> it would have made perfect sense, and the and the video went viral, and and, and now it's going to be used because me telling the story about the whole wee man thing, it's it sounds like and reads like it's promotion for the movie. It's quite the opposite. It's a situation where you go into a hotel, you're a star. You see another star, 
Y'all are fans of each other. Someone says, yo, you should throw him through a table. And Brock kindly obliges, like, you sure you want this? Fuck it, all right. And before Everyone. it go, and before it goes down, someone says, "Wait, let me get my phone." And you want proof of that? You watch the video. It starts with Wee Man on Brock's shoulder, and they are basically prepping a safe countdown to go destroy some hotel furniture. Listen, <laughs> Every, everyone's been dealing with adult beverages and and wanting to have a little fun. And I'm like, because I, I talked to a couple of different people about this. And I was like, number one, if Brock fucks around and tests positive after oh, doing this shit, boy. do you realize no there is there are no consequences for him? Let's that's that's, a, that's that li- he's literally the real life Ted DiBiase. He's the million dollar man. Dead ass. <laughs> there, there there are no there are no um consequences. Like somebody might be mad, but how mad you gonna be? Like you gonna be mad enough to yell at somebody else? You ain't finna yell at him. He'll sleep your ass. Which <laughs> and, and what you going? What you gonna do? Like he has your belt. You gotta pay him to show up again. Oh, pussy! <laughs> you, you can be mad as you fucking want to, but you ain't gonna do nothing about it. You ain't gonna do shit. So <laughs> you, you ain't gonna I, do shit. I found it funny, but I I said to a bunch of people, I was like, number one, yeah, number one, if he catches COVID and and ends up having to pull out of the Royal Rumble. <laughs> That's going to sum up 2022 for everything WWE has planned. <laughs> Fact of Mundo. Second, secondly, because we are dealing with the blackest shit you have ever seen or heard, I said if MVP and, and fucking Bobby Lashley had done that to Kevin Hart, I guarantee oh, you boy. everybody would have gotten tased and arrested. <laughs> tased, arrested, detained, and you would have had to Come unass money for all of the damages that you caused. There would have been a world weird, a whirlwind U.S. tour of apologies from MVP. <laughs> right, he, they would have had to issue a statement, a press release. We apologize. Um, you know, it would have been handled way different. Same thing if the Usos had decided to, you know, do f- double splashes in the middle of a, of a motherfucking. Um, Fogo to Chow. Who did not make it to the Royal Rumble, by the way? Anybody who we thought. Oh, the Forbidden man. Door got a deadbolt on it. Whew. And a ring camera. Man, oh boy. Um, Cody tried that shit, too. Speaking of Cody, Cody took a picture flying right over downtown St. Louis. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Cody, Cody tried that shit, and much to his credit, you're supposed to do that, especially yep. in the social media era. Era, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do that. So kudos to him for playing, you know, playing the game. But boy, 45 minutes in the air ain't shit when you can speed up an extra hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I say, what what type of old photo of St. Louis does he have where he doesn't just <laughs> he done posted this shit and got people all riled up? Hey, you want to find out when? How about this? I believe there was another Royal Rumble in St. Louis years ago. Now, and it might have been the last time he was in there. <laughs> actually, one of the last times. It might have been It might have been the 2012 that I put him in, on, in the tournament on. Man, because I looked at this and I was like, is he in a prop plane? Like, what, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> Carlos ain't going to lend you the jet. Oh, man. I wonder. Uh, I wonder when that was. I, I'm trying to. Think, I want to. 
Actually, I, let me let me do my Googles real quick. That, that motherfucker was riding in a Rick Rick Flair special. <laughs> From 1984. You feel me? Like, wait a minute. Why does the wing look so damn small on this? Like, is this, is this a vegan plane? <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm just being. I'm being total. What you, no, what you what you call that? The uh the uh plane on Atkins. I was right. I was right. It was the, was on the, the 2012 Royal Rumble was in the kill center. So shout out to his iCloud because he's holding <laughs> photos from years ago. You feel me? And that Way to play been, that, the game. Good job, buddy. That would have been the iPhone 5 year. The first... <laughs> so, Boy. That was the introduction to iCloud for the iPhone, wasn't it? Way down in the jungle deep. <laughs> Badass line stepped on the signified monkey feet. Hey, like, Cody got out there for that. Good job. <laughs> Fucking <Good>. amazing. <laughs> Somebody had to bring some excitement. Oh, man. Speaking of St. Louis, Randy Orton showed up for a whole two minutes. Roughly Randall 15, Randall 16 Keith, seconds or so. Another person should, who probably should have made Final Four. Like, to get unceremoniously. To, uh, nah, but like, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Like, a le- you know how they do the legitimate Final Four yeah, standoff. Right, 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 right. I, I, like I, it, I'm with on. you. Yeah, I'm saying, son. Come on, son. Don't be acting like that. Yeah, so Brock Lesnar, your winner after being screwed by Roman Reigns. Now, uh, that match, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, opened the show. And Seth Man, Rollins got nasty. open. That match was everything Fools. you wanted it to be and a finish you didn't want to see or you didn't know that you wanted to see until you actually saw it. It was a DQ finish before Roman failing to break a rope while it's, uh, uh, failing to break a submission hole while Seth was holding the rope that the referee put Seth hands on, which I, will probably be part of the storyline going forward for this. I mean... Masterclass storytelling. Now, look, we take WWE to task for a lot, and rightfully so, deservedly so. But because we are journalists, we are broadcast journalists. Shout out to Bobby, Bobby the Brain Heenan, yes sir. Because we are broadcast journalists with, I mean, mountains of integrity. I am willing to give credit where credit is due. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Felt like this was a match of the year candidate right off the top. Off the top, you you the, cannot deny that that plausibility there. That 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 match right there goes down in the annals of history as one of the best matches between two bitter rivals slash former partners in the history of this business. That was a great I, match. I don't believe I've seen t- storytelling like that from two rivals since Chopper and Gargano. Like it was that level good, and that feud lasted three years. So shout out to the agents and 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 whoever agents and creative that got together and said this is what we're gonna present. I know Heyman has to be a part of that somewhere, but whoever all contributed to that, fucking bravo. Cause that I was I was entertained. That when you ask me what I want from like I say I like when wrestlers fight as far as the pure wrestling matches. When it comes to storytelling and drawing from past history and stuff like that is exactly what I want. Seth made this all about the shield 
And Roman made it all about forgetting the shield. He found Roman's trigger and then exploited it. From the jump, he had on the black flag jacket, the black undershirt, and the black cargo pants. And was, that's ma- that's master class heel stuff. And, and 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 entered from the crowd, a la the shield, which is some really bold and and uh, what's the, the gutsy shit? Wow, considering ballsy, the word. ballsy is the word. What moxie? Moxie. Moxie. Hmm. Not to be confused with Moxley. Yeah, which, yeah, you know. which, if you if if they would have brought him out somewhere during this match for whatever, even if it was the paradigm shift to both of them and get the fuck up out of Dodge, no one would have been mad because the storytelling was that damn good. Or as I've had heard some of our friends say, chutzpah. Lachaim <laughs> <laughs> to our other friends. Oh, you, you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, the the, the just yeah. the levels, and and then on top of that, you you add all of those beginning elements in there that Roman is familiar with and have him walk down flapping his arms like the drip god does. You you I mean, you tie you put a bow on the entire importance of his career from from the we, front to the current. We haven't seen Roman break character. And when I say break character not not like act like Joe and Hawaii, but we haven't seen the tribal chief be rattled by anything. Visi- visibly moved. Right. You <laughs> haven't seen that. So that's what made this that much more impactful. Roman almost t- the tribal chief almost turned back into Roman because that's what the air quotes mental scars of the shield breakup do to him. And it's, he- it's his it's his one trigger point. Another another nice uh, factoid to point out here is the fact that neither person was assisted to the ring by a second. No interference. Seth could no have nothing. easily had KO. He didn't. Roman could have easily had the uh, the the ones with him. He didn't. Hell, he could have even had his old man and uncle with him, and he didn't. Hell, he could have had Big Keish with him. Now they they told a fantastic story. The the match was was stellar. Everything about the presentation fit. Even the way Rollins sold the chair shot, the exact same way that happened the first time, he sold the chair shot like Dean did. Yep, everything. It was. I mean, everything was masterful. If you want to, if if anybody wants to go back and and take a class on how to tell a or, or or how important storytelling is or the levels. Go back and watch this match. It is a gem. They did this so well that it made Rollins' character make sense. The longest actual match on the card. And Suave, just take a wild guess. Take a wild guess how long the match was. And by the way, the reason why Roman wasn't seconded by the ones was because due to a SmackDown match and stipulation won by Seth by disqualification... He refused. To oh strike shit! His There's more storytelling there. He Seth refused won to the, strike his cousins. Yep. <laughs> he refused to strike his cousins, and he got disqualified so that so uh, he got them disqualified rather so that Seth would win, and so Seth ends up winning against Roman Reigns by disqualification. So okay, and I, we said I said this watching in real time. The way the Royal Rumble crowd, you know, 44,000 reacted to Seth and what he was doing and the the level of storytelling. 
And I said, imagine if this was the WrestleMania main event. <laughs> Where you're probably going to double that number. You might go full capacity because Dallas is... Dallas-Fort Worth and the surrounding uh, suburbs and, and cities. The Metroplex, if you yeah. wheel. If you wheel. Um... Yeah, it's just a different it's a different level of conduct going on around here. So I I expect to to get a lot more. I feel like you're gonna hit bare minimum seventy five percent capacity. Oof. Cause you, I mean you're doing it for football games now. Like mm-hmm. you're doing eighty plus percent. And even seventy five percent is seventy five thousand people. You do you feel me? Like hitting eighty thousand should be a breeze. All things considered, because you have people in the in the actual Metroplex that are gung ho to be there. Then you have the people coming from out of town and the people from overseas. And there's a lot more space to air quote space out if you try. Even though that is, that's that's a pipe dream. I, I do you one better. People who bought the cheapest seats in the house are going to be get to get get to move a lot closer. You feel what I'm that, saying? That that upper bowl is going to be closed. What you what you probably should do is is buy one of those standing room only tickets and just wait. <laughs> just buy an SRO ticket and wait. Just but saunter that's, that's, just saunter on down to somewhere to the box seats and you'll be just fine. That, just fine. The Roman match lasted fourteen minutes. That's it. That's it. They told a hell of a fucking story for 14 minutes. There was, so, a, okay. there was a lot to as, unpack in 14 minutes. As, as a WrestleMania main event, you might get double that. Especially even, on... Even on, even though you don't need it. And that wouldn't even be a main event. It would be a co with, with, with them two. Sadly. I, man, all I'm saying is, one, I want to see that again for more storytelling. Two... Um, as we said months ago when we were going through potential challengers Seth Rollins was kind of the only one that made sense and look what happened you made, I, I ain't, I ain't you, saying you, you we right about everything but we ain't wrong very often you, you, you made wrestling gold so for a nominal fee soon to be a phenomenal fee I will slice off some of this broken pencil knowledge and put it on your plate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go to the women's Royal Rumble match. Run it. Uh, we were wrong about so much shit here. No Oscar. No, none. None of that. No Bailey. None of that either. Bailey got her feet kicked up drinking what looked to be some sort of clear liquid nope. out of a <laughs> out of a um, nice out of an upscale glass in so very close proximity to a forty-two inch desktop television. You don't typically, you know, drink water out of those. Um, who who else were we missing? We got a Sasha sighting. That was very cool. The Sailor uh, Moon gear was yeah, a good Sa- look Sailor too. Moon. Uh, we did guess Melina. Melina showed up, came in second, and boy, was she salacious. Uh, <laughs> Tell them how you really feel. Oh my goodness. Oh man, she 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 didn't leave two thousand and four. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, her, her mind's still there. Uh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. Oh, uh, man. She's, just... she, she's cool. We saw her. We saw her here with another organization. She's good people. But God, she 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 was out there uh, for Saturday. She was wide open. Uh, uh, hey, look. Hey, hey, hey. If we're going to pull up, we're going to pull all the way up. <laughs> we're going to. 
She was definitely inside. Um, Mickey James, of course, was there. She wore the belt. She wore yes. the belt. Yes. The Impact Knockout Champion. She had a graphic that said that she was the Impact Impact Knockout Champion. That's all I wanted. Wear the belt on camera. I don't care what else you do. I do not care what else you do. But under no circumstances are you to leave that belt in the back. The only elimination that she had doesn't matter. Actually, it does. Storytelling. Michelle McCool. That's and that's storytelling. Why? Piggy James sound familiar? Not it does, but, but who cares? Michelle McCool, no, Layla I'm, L. I'm <laughs> Don't you. do I'm that. <laughs> yeah, like, and, hey. and I'm surprised Layla L wasn't there. But um, who, who could get a flight? Who who else did we say was going to show up that didn't? Uh, because there was a bunch. I know we did a whole lot of bullshit, like Miss. <laughs> we Ms. Were, Texas I mean, you just run, you run out of numbers. Yeah, Miss Jacqueline, it, not not there. Uh, wasn't there. Jazz wasn't there. Jazz wasn't. <laughs> I I know why Jazz wasn't there. <laughs> they were busy last last Saturday in San Antonio. Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. Speaking of, speaking of, we haven't even even talked about this. Tune in for the second half of the show, as we have on for our. First of several Black History Month interviews today. We switching the game up, y'all. We we doing we doing this a little bit different than we have in the last three years, and it's time that we get a little bit bigger. We have Tony Snow and special guest, very special guest, Red Dog Rodney Mack of Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. Her. All I'm saying. Stay tuned. Please stay tuned for that. Golly, what I'm saying. golly, oof! I can't. I can't wait to get down to San Antonio for that one. Um, who else? Who else? Did we, were we talking about? Um, I mean, as far as standout performances, like uh, um, Tamina deserves a medal of valor for oh, the way she man. be putting on for people. Because boy, if she ain't, if her if her middle name ain't Glue. <laughs> she holds it together, bro. Man, cause she be holding shit down and together. She didn't eliminate not one person, but she Don't made every matter. she made she made everybody she encountered look good and made herself look better. She stops she stopped several people from eliminating themselves. The the first or the person who had the most eliminations this year was Chick Flair, who entered oh, the Royal Rumble as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Who also yeah. was the Iron Woman who's lasted longer than anybody else at just over 31 minutes. This is a coincidence or what? Nah, not at all. <laughs> she, she, she had no challengers as far as the Royal Rumble was considered, was concerned. So, there, I mean, there's no need to just throw some rando in there so she can get a, a W. We wouldn't I, dare I throw Rando Calrissian in there. We, we would not dare. But... A, a, a very a very fun moment was uh, Ronda Rousey returns at number th- at number twenty eight, and at number thirty comes in Shayna Baszler. And, and what did, what did we tell you? We said it because the 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 story broke last week about Ronda Rousey. People reaching WWE reaching out to Ronda Rousey, to which we said, "Duh!" <laughs> like let's just be serious. Like it. For the way things are struggling, you damn right they called Ronda Rousey to see if she'd come back. And we also said who, she'd come who, back. who else? Who else would you call besides her? Nia Jax? 
man. I mean, no, I would now. Now, all bullshit aside, I'd call Nia Jax back to work the Royal Rumble. Like, let's not be, let's not, let's not lie to ourselves. No, 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 no. You may call her, but do you think she'll come running? I mean, it's free money. Is it though? It's it's my money, and I need it now. <laughs> what the fuck you mean? Like, I mean, come back, work this one shot, get this check going about your business. <laughs> Shout out Sarah Logan. Mm. But we also said if, if Rousey was anywhere near the Royal Rumble, she was winning it. She could have been in the parking lot. I could call that shit. She winning it. Which she did. And which we can reaffirm she doesn't need to feel any sort of way about um her post her post um post pregnancy body. Uh, she ain't gotta go extra with trying to cover shit up. Yeah, if that's how, if that's just how she's comfortable, more power to you. But we ain't doing no judging either. Sarah Logan came out looking like she was a, she was a lost member of uh, War Machine, or I'm sorry, War, Viking Raiders. I mean, they they could use a manager. They it's very they very look. they very well could. It's not a bad look. And Ronda Rousey looked like she lost her bags at the airport. Now, Rousey got off the plane, jumped in the truck, came to the arena, walked clean through Gorilla, and went and whooped everybody's ass. <laughs> I don't have time to change. My shirt say baddest. It's good enough. <laughs> it's like when Shawn Michaels came back and didn't have, like, half decent ring gear for, like, three months. <laughs> like, if everything looked makeshift. And I'm like, this is fucking Shawn Michaels. Like, he what literally is? tore his drawers with the seamstress. <laughs> No, I, I understand what the story he was telling. It was like, I'm not the old HBK, so I won't put on gear that looks like the old HBK. It's like <laughs> he's like he feels like he can't be the guy from '95, '96. So I'm not gonna wear the same tights from '95 and '96. It was it was smart, but yeah, it was rough too. It's rough. Fucking brown tights and brown boots. That was. So. It's a sad turn of events. Oh man! But shout out to Ronda. She came through, handled business. Now pulled up, pulled up, pulled up heavy, and you know she she looked to be refreshed. Um, she looked child childhood nervous more so walking away from the ring on the way back to the back than she did actually being in the ring. It's an adrenaline dump. Yep, that's exactly what it was. It was gone. <laughs> You just saw a live, live adrenaline dump. Now, here's here's what I fully expect to happen. I fully expect for somehow, some way, this the WrestleMania 35 main event is going to happen again. It's going to be a triple threat on some winner take all shit, and essentially that'll be the end of, of Bianca's comeback tour to uh, reclaim the championship. Now she may get it later on down the line, but if they go triple threat with this, you can hang that shit up. Uh, the free agents or the missing spots that were uh, that were filled again, we'll, we'll run them down. Melina, Kelly, Kelly, Michelle McCool, Sonya Deville, as predicted, um, she was in there also for a cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Why, why does Michelle McCool always fucking dominate when she comes back for the Royal Rumble? She because be- she's over six feet tall. No. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't she, really, she didn't really dominate. She was in the ring. Bullshit, she, she was in the shit. ring. 
she was in the ring for about twenty minutes, and then she was also she also only had one elimination. I wouldn't call that domination in, in a. In a she uh, out there hitting the motherfucking Styles Clash. Like what the fuck you mean she ain't dominating? <laughs> she doing she doing motherfucking X World Heavyweight Champion finishers in the middle of the Royal Rumble. Don't tell me what she didn't dominate. You saw what I saw. <laughs> this is a fact. I also saw Cameron. <laughs> Bruh, my old lady. My old lady called that shit. Uh, the, the the missus called and she said, "Well, hell, they bringing back all these people. That might well br-. man. This is fucking hilarious. Funk is on a roll. I gotta say it the same way she said it. She was like, they ought to bring back one of the pterodactyls. <laughs> I said, who? <laughs> and I was Funkadactyls. Yeah, them too. <laughs> so and then I literally like two entries later, Funk is on a roll. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do shit but laugh. I couldn't like." Like, hey, I give you your props. You call that one. Hey, I, I appreciate Alicia Fox's contribution to WWE, but if I never see her again, I'll be I'll be okay with that. Um, Take it easy. She did well. She looks. She she did well. The hair. She's her and pa- she's like the Pam Oliver of professional wrestling. Ooh, ooh. like if we if we Looking can just three. get that scalp oh together. Oh my! Oh my! And this is some shit I shouldn't be saying. It's fucking right. We're going to get canceled. Oh, man. But, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Just the 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 wig choice was a little... It's a little much. It was a little much. Yeah. Summer yeah. Ray and Sarah Logan, those round out your quote-unquote surprises. Um, nobody else from outside of the E was able to make the event. And Oh, and Molly Holly has returned. Uh, to WWE yeah. <laughs> in a producer role who also came in as number 27 and she was unceremoniously <laughs> dumped ain't, bo- ain't room but for one superhero on this track bitch. Nick Nikki T-R-A-S-H decided she wanted to uh, to, to, to let Molly know that this ain't this ain't the early 90s or late 90s early 2000s and uh, Shane Helms ain't, ain't with you you gotta, jumped on, don't jump on Mighty Molly like that. Why y'all ain't do nothing when the girl jumped on me? Get back to get back to teaching. Leave your cape at the house. Man, I'm just saying we gotta respect the people that paved the way. Uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix, along with uh, we against the uh, the it couple, the it couple versus the grit couple. I, I really thought that match was going to get bumped. And it turned out to be. <laughs> Why would you think that? Did you see how much TV time they they donated? To that, yeah, thirteen, actually about fifty, oh, close to fifteen minutes with the entrance. No, 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 not just the match. I mean, for the past month. Oh, oh, television. Yeah, yeah how much yeah. real estate has been invested? Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot. Thing. Yeah, there was a lot of monetary investment into this. Uh, oh my god! They tried. That they they wasn't tried, it. They tried to make it entertaining. Um, no, they, it, did, they did their jobs. It, Edge and Beth look good. Maurice looked surprisingly better than I thought she was going to look against Beth Phoenix. Just no, nobody wanted this. That that's more so the issue. It's not the fact that anybody work work was the problem or any of that. It's just nothing about this said. Yeah, I want to see that. I, you know what? I I never I never look at these. I'm about to pull up something because the Becky Lynch do drop match to me. Oh, that was rough. That was rough. Um, it was a test run. It was a trial run. I'm, I'm going to look up. Uh, CBSSports.com does a really good uh, job of recapping pay-per-views and giving grades on them. 
I'm going to see what they what they rank this match because I, I have a ranking in mind. Let's see let's see if we're uh, on the same page here. For uh, the grit versus it? No, for the Ron, I mean for the uh, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. I'm telling you what it was. It was Dewdrop's tryout in in the big time. And how would how would you rate that? Styles might make fights, and I don't necessarily believe that this was the right mix of styles. So I'm not in a position to say Dewdrop just dropped the ball or anything like that. It's literally Styles make fights, and it does. It doesn't. Everybody doesn't make instant classic magic. Like, and I, I think it would be. Um, It'd be selfish and irresponsible to expect that. I, now, I, I, what, I, what, what were your other options? <laughs> what were the other options? It'd be do another Liv Morgan match, and you if you beat her again, and it's like, okay, fuck it, you need no more title matches for the next year and a half because this ain't it. Or you put her over and then take it back in Saudi. But do what's you, your other option besides after that? But do you think that Saudi is going to actually open up for more women's competition, even even though it's been a, a growth and a growth slash work in progress since 2017? I mean, you've seen improvement for every Saudi show. So even if you don't do it there, if you do it on an episode of Raw, cool. Let Liv work the main event right around the same time as Saudi. Maybe the go home show for Saudi, and then Liv just drops the ball. Because essentially, you're going to have... It seems like you might end up having a women's elimination chamber in Saudi while we bullshitting. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And especially with them being covered from, from neck to toe. You're not... You're not Unless you get something errant, you're not going to see any color. Not in Saudi. Not from women. And no one's going to be mad about Wait. it because... Didn't didn't they get to didn't uh, Natty and someone else get to wear like their actual merchandise T-shirts like they were sleeved up? Oh yeah, like, yeah. But they the got only the, skin shown was face and hands, and then they had their T-shirts on. Correct. That is correct. Yep. So yeah, that's what you would get for the elimination chamber. Same same. You said thing. same same thing. Same thing. Hey, uh, easy, easy, <laughs> easy. <laughs> we got we got a whole lot of blackness to hand out, and this is only the first episode. Of is the that the, is that gonna be so, the name of the show? Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you show you show trying to tame me down here before we before we get up wide open with Rodney Mackers. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to keep us from getting canceled because there's a lot of blackness to be distributed, and I would like for us to be able to do that. Man, oh boy! The title of the show we want easy. <laughs> there was once a dog from around the way. Easy. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> My life was never. Oh man. Oh. Uh, Roman, sorry, Roman Reigns. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus uh, Bobby, Bobby Lashley. Lashley. Big fight feel. Um, a lot of Gaga. <laughs> Uh, shouts, shouts out to our guest from last week, the Petty Messiah, who texted me this gem of a comment. <laughs> I can't, I can't even go. I can't even say this with a straight face. He says the level of shit that they shoveled on that belt before they gave it to Lashley is tremendous. 
destroy. That, that, that is some high-level shit right there. That's exactly what happened. And it's like, look, we're going to have you trade, but for the, the, the latter part of the match, Brock just going to be kicking your ass, and then Roman going to be the reason you win. It's like, how did you make a 276-pound, 6'4", 6'5", monster look like shit? This is a... This is a 10 tray that's probably about six by nine. Oh, man. That starts off clean. By the time it's done, you have probably four pounds of meat and two pounds of sides, and the sides of stuff that no one will ever eat, and the meat ain't even cooked all the way through. It's a slop bucket for those of you who've ever spent time in the country. It, or for those of you who just watch wrestling in the, in the mid 90s. This may have been the this may have been the happiest heavyweight train wreck we have seen in quite some time. And and it's one of those things you don't even really pick up on unless you have the eye. And then the eye, if you know, that's that's the shit that all of us tend to have. That's how we look at things and see past you you see past the first layer. Like some people only see it for entertainment and they only see it for what they see on the surface. And that is a great deal of the internet community, which is why it's a lot of um it's a lot of fanboy fangirlism that goes on because the it's still real to me, damn it crowd really does exist. That's not just one person. That's facts. It's it's, it's bigger than the audience of one. It's it's about a million to one of (laughs) y'all. Bruh, on the cool, they got us outnumbered. By and large. The it's still real to me, damn it, crowd has us outnumbered. Leaps and bounds. And that is another reason, boys and girls, why you can't argue on the internet. There's way more (laughs) stupid available than smart. And you're going to drown in a sea of idiocy. (laughs) For a phenomenal free... <laughs> you can drown in a sea in a sea of idiocy. <laughs> That's life advice that'll help you get through a tough time. Stay your ass out the comment section with these morons. Man, just remember, it takes two to argue. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> there, yeah, there's one. Hey, now that, now, yeah, put put a pin in that. That's that's our dad. That's a shirt for us. <laughs> do it with your mama, but don't do it with us. It takes two to argue. <laughs> Jesus, punk ass. At any rate, uh, Heyman does the obligatory mic snatch and introduces his uh, his tribal chief. I'm talking about he does a dime. Whatever Damon Wayne's role was in the Great White Hype, he did that masterful job of ever introducing Brock Lesnar. Only Wait, whatever whose name was Damon Wayne's. Damon Wayne's was um. Damn it! You just made me forget his name. I love the Sultan. Dude. No, that's Samuel Jackson who was the Sultan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That that's who I meant. That's who I meant because Damian Damian Wayans was the boxer. No, Samuel Jackson, the Sultan. Yes. yes the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did a, he did a Sultanic job. <laughs> it's, it's about time for me to watch that movie again too. That's yeah, I just I just I just want to see Method Man get booed and, and heal the crowd, walk to the ring, sing it, <laughs> bring the pain. <laughs> and he rough up a midget dressed as a leprechaun for Irish Terry Conklin. <laughs> Singing Danny Boy. Oh man. Uh, uh, we'll watch that movie if you don't have if you haven't already. Um You have to see that movie. It's, it's greatness. Yeah, we we're talking spears, we're talking F fives. 
just the the classic it, 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 big man finishers. Uh, just a lot, a lot of traded offense. Nineties uh, wrestling referee bumps. <laughs> like you knew it was coming. The referee was way too close to the action, and then he got pinned in the corner, and Brock threw threw Bobby Lashley's feet into the referee's face for the F five. Yeah, when you saw the first ref bump, you knew what was coming. I was like, ah. the ref wasn't laid out, so cool. You, 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 are, you. Oh, oh shit! That night, now he's knocked out. Okay, and do he's it, out the ring. Again. Great. Do it again. So yeah, yeah. You, you knew what was coming when we started getting ref bumps. I really, I really liked the first half of this match, though, where they were kind of they were going back and forth, keeping shit even. Um, it was your typical. It was your typical Brock Lesnar match. It wasn't your typical Bobby Lashley match, but it was definitely your typical Brock Lesnar uh, pay per view match. Which is exactly what we didn't need. Not from this. But they traded suplexes, which was cool. They were like, uh, the first German that Brock did, and then Bobby got one and dumped Brock like high on the back of his neck. Oh, man. Yeah, Bob, Bobby's suplexes, Bobby's defense on the suplexes got worse and worse as the match went on. And he does not take them hoes in any sort of well, I, I, honest, transition. Honestly, I think he did the first two or three perfect, and that might have been the problem. But they were going high and tight on those suplexes, and that was not a good look considering how, how strong those guys were and how much they weigh. And because we know what we know about Bobby Lashley, like, this is a weird thing to say about watching wrestling. You could tell when Bobby was complying with what they decided to do in the match. It was right around the time he put the hurt lock on because the hurt lock went on with the... We've seen the hurt lock go on smaller people with with more trouble than he was, was able. He, cla- he he floated into a hurt lock and had Bobby's Bobby had his hands clasped fully. It was locked in. Brock Which was that, changing that, colors. That's a good selling part. I mean, like Bobby selling before, with like when Brock started to get out of control and counting his suplexes, you could t- visibly tell that Bobby was complying. Versus, okay, Bobby's getting his ass kicked. Like, no, he's allowing you to do this because this is what we've agreed upon. But if we really got real, I beat your ass. Beat your funk ass. <laughs> because, because well, let's get this out the way. The consensus over here with us is that if it ever got real, Bobby got that. Yep. No doubt. For, no doubt. for a couple of different reasons, hunger. Um and staying power, we we all know Brock is missing a a, a key piece of, of a vital organ. Look, I've seen Bobby's hands work. There's a diff- There's a difference between the two. Even if Booker T didn't want to tell you that in the kickoff show, because he didn't want to, he didn't want to shit on the dream match. There is an absolute difference between the two if it ever gets real. Brock is very aggressive <laughs> and Brock can close ground very quickly. So can Bobby. And he's equally aggressive. However, Bobby has way better hands. Oh man. Brock, and they're probably is probably a wash as a wrestler. Like grappling is probably a wash, but Bobby's hands are superior. And Brock ain't used to getting hit like that. This man, big facts. At least Bobby wasn't bleeding though. Uh, well, actually, he was by the mouth, but not necessarily by the uh, by the face. He already uh, had that huge ass gash that was trying to heal, so you knew he was gonna open up somewhere. Pause. 
<laughs> the uh, when the bullshit hits the fan after the referee falls out, you have Paul Heyman take the championship belt, give it to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns smashes Brock Lesnar and also hits him with a spear. Brock Lesnar uh, watches Paul Heyman leave with Roman Reigns as they're walking up the aisle. The referee comes speeding past, doing a hundred mile dash uh, to the to count a uh, to count. Was it one, two, three on behalf of Bobby Lashley? Your winner. Uh, where's this damn thing at? Your winner. Rating defending WWE champion once again, Bobbert. Oh, Roberto Lashley. Yes. Roberto. <laughs> Roberto. And, and, and MVP still ain't got to cut a promo yet. I hope. Look, I absolutely hope that they write these wrong. This might be uh, give me a time in wrestling where a manager wrestler combination has been world champion in two different organizations. Uh that's a good one. Cuz m- most wrestler manager combinations didn't travel like that. I mean, uh I mean not not just not just the the, the champion because Jim Cornette could qualify. But we're talking about the world champion. Yeah, I was like Cornette, Cornette absolutely. Uh, because Cornette had other than WWF, Cornette didn't do singles competitors. So he, he was with Yokozuna, but no world champion anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, for it to be the same combination. That's a great trivia question. That's one of those I'm about to get in my bag. On. It looks like MVP and Bobby Lashley are not only the first black, but the first to do so. Now that's a fun fact you can take, do something with, put that on your wall. That's some broken pencil shit right there. Understand? That's logic. Broken yeah. pencil logic at that. For real. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a hell of a stat. Yeah, guess I, you know that's king okay. shit. You that's know, what that is. We, it is, it is, and 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 so, and, and, and who, who better to give that to you than us on the on the blackest thing you never slash ever heard in your life? This show right here, elbows in your chest cavity. Yeah. So I'm 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 cool with where we are. The dream match didn't pay up like like I said before. Uh, WWE and how they handle dream matches doesn't always resonate with the the foundation fan I think that's going to be a new term I, I, I coined found the foundation fan like hardcore it, that starts to feel a little too weird and then you know crate diggers that's one of our terms as well but like the foundation fan the, the, the fan that is still paying for Peacock the fan that no matter how bad it gets probably will never stop watching even if they decrease their you're, their you're, you're, criti- you're critical but not hypercritical Right. Um, lifelong fan. You know, someone who's been watching for more than one decade. Critical like they, but respectful would be would be the foundation fan. Right. So they stuck with you through more than one era. So it wasn't just attitude era and jump off. They were attitude era, ruthless aggression, uh the rated R era, the the and, reality era, that the Helmsley what all of that shit. You and, stuck through all that. And still going to WWE house shows. In this climate, yeah, that's a real soldier. There. But yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's that's the criteria that you're looking for as a foundation family. You're someone who's got multiple decades of service as far as watching. You own, you know, you own merch. 
you own uh, belts, you have autographs, you go to wrestle, you go to different events. Like you're, it's as much a part of you as you are of it. <laughs> your favorite, your favorite match of all time is a deep cut. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know obscure ass facts. <laughs> You used to tape trade. You've got D- <laughs> you, you've got burnt DVDs. That you used to rent shit like back when Blockbuster was still a thing. You would go in Blockbuster and rent uh, rent everything in the wrestling section. Like those kinds of people. You got you got DVDs of shit you got the torrents of. <laughs> yep. Now, I'm very much a part of this this demographic I'm, I'm describing. Like I, I have no shame in it. That's how, that's how we got here. That's high level um, shit. Yep, that's exactly how we got here. That's how we got to 152 episodes. The fuck you mean? Fuck you. <laughs> talk bitch, about we, talk your shit, God. Bitch, we bitch, we've been outside. We've been outside. Like, <laughs> we are foundation fans. Oh yes, Lord. Yes, but Lord. Th- those people are are carrying these situations. Man, I I can't I can't think of any other way to end it on that one. Uh, what what else do we? Is there anything that we need to cover from the Royal Rumble, or do we want to just kind of kind of let this sit for a minute? Because I I still I still think that the uh, the unification is coming. Yes, this that's the only thing we got to do because you have one idea for what's going to happen as far as WrestleMania Night One and Two, and I have a different understanding. <sighs> As much as I don't want to get away from Seth because that match, just just watching it a second time this morning and then talking about it with you, how gold it is, Seth deserves better than to get away from this match. But I got a feeling that we're going to get away from this match and we're going to go to a, a different sort of main event for WrestleMania nights one and two, and it both ends with Brock Lesnar. Picture idea. Go ahead. Brock versus Chief at Elimination Chamber in Saudi. Brock wins against Roman Reigns. So that way he gets his belt back or gets a belt back. Well, in actual Universal title was his belt too. So we'll say he'll get he gets his belt back. Then we get Brock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So Brock's re, Brock's calling the main event of WrestleMania based on him winning the Royal Rumble means not shit. Just like holding on to the uh, the money in the bank briefcase doesn't mean shit anymore because th- those cash-ins were done within the first, what, f- five months of money in the bank? Cash-ins are now ratings boosters. I guess it's a sweeps week thing. There you go. So I got Brock versus Chief at, at WrestleMania night one for the, main, for the first main event. And then Brock versus Bobby for the main event of night two. Unifying WWE and uh, any Universal Championships, and and even before I attempted to try to put any input on it or try to arrange it with any sort of booking thing, I said, absolutely the fuck not. And <laughs> and why? Because Brock Lesnar is not working two nights in a row. You, and, and my my exact phrase was, you can't pay him enough to do that. To which Wood responded. <laughs> <laughs> he, he responded by saying she, she is. He, he, he already gets a million per performance and I said no they have the check to pay him whatever he would ask for the, the thing is paying him to main it. event two pay-per-views 
on two consecutive nights. Do you know what the ticket would be for that? It, it could it could potentially okay. be the payroll if, for if the bonuses right. that you pay for everybody else participating on each night. If he's getting a million per appearance, whether he's wrestling or not, a million per to main event two nights of WrestleMania, I would get as close as I possibly could to double digit millions. Especially with those fucking earning reports, and I have your belt. I can just go home. Like, I can just say, fuck your whole WrestleMania weekend, and you ain't got no motherfucking main event. I have your belt, and I have your number one contender spot for winning the Royal Rumble. Let's go. Which so because <laughs> because you know if they if Bobby and Brock rematch in Saudi, Brock's winning the, automatically because that's what the prince wants. Period. We we not here for none of that other stuff. We we here. Look, the E is coming to execute some business and tie up some loose ends as far as the road to WrestleMania. But guaranteed, we picking winners. Hmm. The people with the money's picking winners. Like, call the, call the fuck you want to. I mean, argue with your mom. But <laughs> just, I, I was like, look, Brock, Brock in his life as a professional wrestler, since debuting the night after WrestleMania in 2002, has less than 500 total matches wrestled for his career. He has made more doing less even more so than Hulk Hogan listen hold on hold on you said less than 500 500 less than 500 it's like 400 and something it's a googleable stat north north of OVW Brock wrestled in WWE from 2002 to 2005 he, he wrestled in uh, four like two, uh, spring of four okay he leaves after WrestleMania 20 to go play in the NFL. And he didn't come back after the NFL stint, did he? Because I thought he did briefly. He did New Japan. Okay, so the New Japan, that was what I was getting to next. New Japan was only, what, two matches? If Nakamura that, and Angle? If the, Yeah, if that, because Angle was the, to drop the belt because he wasn't going to keep going back and forth to Japan. <laughs> And, I, and I, again, I believe I know Nakamura was they they crossed paths. They had a match. They did. It it's findable. It's not one of those things that's hidden. It's not the was it Tim <laughs> McGee? It's not that hidden match. You can find it. So, but that, so what? What I'm getting at here for you though is, let's go back to. <sighs> Monday Night Raw featuring Brock Lesnar. That's 2012, right? Uh yeah, something like that. So, in yeah, four, fourteen is uh fourteen is you know Suplex City. So yeah, it's twelve. So he's had appearances but no matches on SmackDown. Only his matches have been on pay per views. This is two thousand and twenty two. Yeah, my lord. Yeah, my lord. From two thousand twelve to two thousand twenty two. Now ten years. Mm-hmm. At the extreme most, because he's only he's not on every pay per view, and he might be on the big four. We'll just I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say four matches per year. That sound that sound feasible? Something like that. That's forty matches. 
What are the odds that Brock has less than 100 matches on his resume with WWE since 2002? Uh, I because I think they counted like the house shows and the weekly TV. How many? Wrestling. How many? Was, go ahead. He was just wrestling a lot more in the early time because you know you get ring time, you count OVW. It's just he made himself into such a commodity that he can work less and charge more. So the fact that he left WWE, played in the NFL, did the UFC thing, which he had like eight fights. 12 I, I actually I, I can search that while you're talking because that, that that he definitely was double digits mm-hmm. I think that he's like because that the, the diverticulitis is a part of that whole stint he's been signed there for a while oh, nine his, one of them's a no I, contest he's five three and five three and no contest ding ding so nine wow Bobby has more wins than he has fights this is very very true so then there's that but um he's less than 500 matches in in wwe so i'm like with the type of money he pulls down already why the fuck would i do this like why you can't convince me that this is a good idea other than with your checkbook and, and at that point i have you by the short and curlies and, and bobby fighting at 255 15 2 and 0 feel me when i'm speaking so that speaks to our earlier point about who would win if it really got real. But with this with Brock, with with the scenario that Wood is pitching, I'm like, for Brock is like, why? So for what? And not to mention like, why in this particular situation would you go back? You're basically going backwards. If you put Brock over on two consecutive Holy nights. Holy shit. What up? I was actually pretty damn close. You're saying less than 500? He barely has 200. He has less than 300 total matches. I saw another one that had him like at 411 or some shit. Um, I don't know what this is based off of. Um, was it profightidb.com? And it shows an OVW record of 15 and 2. A WWE record of 1... 18 and 44 a WWF record of 47 and 21 and a total record of 187 and 68 let's see and WWE see if I can find that same I mean and mind you I'm not trying to argue your point because again it right. takes two to argue and I'm not arguing here what I'm doing is adding, adding to the amount the, the, the higher value per match so all you're doing is adding to the lack of give a fuck with Brock Lesnar and professional wrestling. <laughs> That's so it. You're, That's you're, it. You're making, my, you're making my case even stronger. Yes. Like there's absolutely no reason whatsoever that that he would be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle you know two nights unless you make it worth his while. That's assuming and he's with, a company guy. That's something Roman would do in reality, not something that Brock would do. And to even pitch that shit to him is basically handing him a, a, a blank check and say, write, write whatever you want. Now, hear me. Hear me and, on this. Now, now, that you, now that you say all that, I want you to hear me on this. Now, but I, the, the last part is about Roman. Why would you go backwards towards Brock Lesnar having him wrestle two consecutive nights being victorious both nights when the guy that's been cu- carrying your company for the last 500 and plus days is the, Roman Reigns? The tribal chief, your legitimate head of the table, the person who's now in conversations beyond CM Punk, beyond and actually with Hulk Hogan. 
So why would you sabotage that? Like, why would you do that for the greater glory of Brock Lesnar and have to pay him even more than you want to? Ooh, we do you think? Do you think though? This this your this your stew. Cook your shit. No, no, that's 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 it. That's all I had. That's that's right right oh, I now. Thought, I thought you were, I thought you were gonna keep selling selling. No, 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 no. That's that's all I had. It stops there. The reason why it stops there is we don't know what we're getting in Saudi, other than the elimination chamber. Right. <laughs> like. But let's pull back the curtain a little bit. You and I were going over game plans for the month of February, besides it being the, the biggest, blackest thing you've ever seen in your life. Pause. Uh-huh. We're under the guise that we won't be reporting much more beyond this. We'll just be having interviews from, you know, some illustrious guest. We'll, we'll check back at a different rest stop. We're going to let y'all ride this road to WrestleMania. <laughs> No. We, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna navigate this whole bitch for you. We, you gonna, gonna do some homework on your own. <laughs> you, 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 if you if you're not too careful, you might fuck around here. Here, an episode start like this. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> and that's gonna be for the elimination chamber, and then we gonna be back to you know to the road again. I, hey, look, we don't need road trips. <laughs> so basically, what I'm trying. <laughs> ah, damn it, boy. <laughs> All I'm saying is now WWE is in the unique position of having extra directions to go, but this is going to be about how married are you to your first idea? Because uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Funny, funny. You should ask that question. How do we start the show? How did we start the show? A bully foot from Shane McMahon. <laughs> That's how we started the show. <laughs> Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, how married are you to your first idea? Because everything we read, everything we've been given, everything that that is considered media and or dirt sheets that is out in the universe and the internet for us to absorb says that it's pretty well set in stone that it's rock and Roman again, headlining. So that that has the Universal Championship. Um, that leaves the WWE Championship in peril, or because if you do a situation in Saudi where Brock beats Bobby and then you do title for title with Roman, um, what does the elimination chamber mean? Like, what do you, what do you, as far as WrestleMania is concerned, like, what the fuck does it mean? Like, what it should mean is what, as what we've discussed, Brock and Roman would, um, have the unification and headline night one. The champion going forward which for me would be Roman Reigns would then defend against the winner of the Elimination Chamber for the end all be all unless unless which oh you, shit you put the you put the Universal Championship on the line inside the Elimination Chamber and the Chief walks out with it the Chief ain't working ain't working shit in Saudi Unless somebody comes with a really, 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 really big bag. There's no reason for Roman to be in Elimination Chamber. Cool. However, cool. However, Bobby Lashley can work the Elimination Chamber with his belt on the line. Why would he? Why, why would he do that? Why wouldn't he? Because somebody was sleep at the wheel and creative. MVP can usurp that one without Bobby Lashley saying a damn word. That... that 
All I'm saying is so here we ba- so not, here we back. It's not going to make good sense. So here we are at the exit ramp once again. What do we do at the elimination chamber? Seth Rollins should win the elimination chamber and go with my scenario. My scenario is that Brock and Roman headline night one in a unification match. And then Roman has to defend against the winner of the Elimination Chamber. Guess who my winner of the Elimination Chamber just became? Seth Rollins. And there you have it. (laughs) All I'm saying is I'm going to make it possible for you to get what you want. And there's that. And Stanford's hiring for writers again. Yeah, they'll, they'll listen to us and realize that that, that that our applications will not be uh, be even looked at. So, you know, I ain't going. I ain't going this time. I, I ain't. I'm good. I'm really good. So we've been talking about this all week long, and we didn't touch on it earlier in the show, but we're gonna touch on this shit now. Shane McMahon unceremoniously, quote unquote, quietly let go by the WWE following his Royal Rumble fiasco of a of a of a, of a, of a of a creative stance bitch you can't let me go my name is my name <laughs> fuck you mean fuck you mean dog you can you can sell this the reason i enjoyed watching him get released was it was to me it was one of the it seemed like it was one of those cases of daddy's little boy whose dad owns the company gets to do whatever the fuck he wants and gets away with it not today, though. <laughs> Tony Snow, y'all. Mirror- <laughs> Tony Snow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you mean mirror his father's last 40 years? <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't heard shit that they don't put on Shane that I haven't heard numerous times about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Hey, if not in the last two years, like everything that Shane did in one weekend is shit we've heard for the last four decades, can there's I, can nothing I, he's done that hasn't been done. Can I be a humanist for just a hot second here? Just a just a hot no, second. No, not on this show. Oh. You can't. No, go ahead. <laughs> so I do your thing. Shane and Vince lost a matriarch on last Thursday slash Friday uh, Friday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, right? Yeah, nobody's nobody's accounting for that either. No one's mentioning this as possible reason why we're having lapses in, in mental prowess during during one of the biggest pay per views of the year for WWE and and yeah, arguably by and large the most favorite. Go ahead, Tony. I think that's by design, though. One thing that they hate. One thing that my man's hate is showing any sign of weakness. This is a man that doesn't like to sneeze because he feels like he's out of control. This is also so the, I, this is also the same man that puts ketchup on a steak. I mean, but look, be be that as it may, it's like okay, you may not want to project that outwardly, but internally, you have to be like, okay, this dude just lost his grandmother like yesterday, and he flew in to be a part of this. Like, where's the grace? I like. After the first outburst during the day, pull him to the side. Like that's when that's when you have the conversation with your old man. Y'all go have that conversation. And say, you know what? We're probably in a bad place. Let's move to something different. You'll still be able to be in the rumble. Well, we're gonna pull that responsibility of of booking it from you because hey, this is just not a good time right now. Focus on performing. Right, man. I just like that. That's that's the responsible thing to do as a human and as a. Um, as a corporate entity WWE to be responsible human beings that's two things that they're not responsible <laughs> or human beings be, be that as it may I'm still like hey why are we firing the ex- okay I, I say this 
Once Shane figured out he, he was the heir, but not the heir to the throne, his fuck gets kicked in. So this has been decades where he's already known, okay, I'm not going to be the one to take over. Fuck it, I'm going to go get money elsewhere. Well, but no, apparently nobody is now because Trips has been taken out of power. We haven't seen him since. Shane's been kicked out. So if this does anything, it just proves to me even more that they're going to sell this damn company. Because it's like everyone that's been in a position to take over has been supplanted from that position. So like, Vince just doesn't give any fucks anymore, man. Right, and that doesn't reek of sabotage. Like, like, like this is a, this is a guy who, who during the the middle of a COVID spike, decided to stop testing his company for COVID because he didn't believe in COVID. You know what I mean? Like, this man is not reasonable. Shit, bruh, that's that's a rough move. But look, okay. Wood, you've seen the article. Name off all the stuff that Shane supposedly did Saturday. Okay, so they got him in trouble. One was, um, I think it started with when he tried to book the rumble around him, where Jamie Noble was and Tony. Stop, you, stop, 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 stop! Before you go to Jamie Noble, stop. Tried to book the rumble around himself. Well, they, no, they all they all go hand in hand. No, but what I'm saying, I have specific examples. Okay, for each all right, one of these, all right, all right. Each one of these charges. All right, so booking the rumble around himself. We'll stop with that one. Vince McMahon, 1999. Uh, was supposed to go in early. Decided he wanted to go in later. Okay, that's that's like, hey, I want to work a little lighter. Berating the person and uh, that's supposed to be in charge of booking the actual event and uh, to embarrassing levels. Heyman, every time he's tried to be every, Heyman, every time he's been in charge of anything. Wow. And on top, of, on top of that, Jamie Noble has been a personal whipping boy for production for the past 10 years. So. You see wow. what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? But like anytime, every time that Heyman was in charge of anything, anywhere, it that's how it ends. And that's how he ends up going back to being a performer. Appearing to shoot on talent during the, uh, during the event. So do you remember back when the year that the pandemic started before it all happened when the Royal Rumble was in Houston. You guys remember that? And everyone said that it was the greatest rock book rumble in years. Rock went in as one and made it like 14. Yeah, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. So you know who was the who was the producers that booked that rumble? Who that is? Shane McMahon. Okay. But he was also very very much helped and influenced by Jamie Noble. And Abyss. And this year, Abyss was nowhere around. Jamie was completely berated and buried by Shane, so he's not going to help. So I think when it comes down to it, man, I think they're like, okay, Shane, this is your fucking party. You know, know, rope your hand yourself, let's go. You know, fine. You want to run this shit on your own? Go put Bad Bunny in the Rumble right after Johnny Knoxville. Sounds like a great idea. Let's now, go. Now, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I told Suave that this uh, the, the Rumble either had to be great to be remembered or completely trash to be an instant classic. And I put it somewhere right there in the middle to yeah. where it, it where where it'd be forgotten, called it mediocre at best. We wanted masterpiece or car wreck. Yeah, <laughs> nothing in between. One or the other. Boy, yeah. that's what we, that's what we got was mid, <laughs> dude. And and there's so much shit still to talk about from the last couple of days, man. We got the whole Brian Kendrick thing. We got fucking 
that match with CM Punk and MJF, like, dude, there's so <laughs> much shit. Boy, yeah. My, see, the Shane, the Shane shit, him being air quotes quietly let go is like, first of all, that's some bullshit. First of all, yeah, how, how quiet is it when the entire world is talking about it? Did you did you run the story? Shane McMahon released from WWE. Everybody, but like, did you fire him from Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> My stock options still still gonna cash out, fam. I'm as much a part of this shit as you are. <laughs> you ain't seen Stephanie on TV in a month of Sundays, but I guarantee you, them stocks still hot. Stocks is hot. Stocks is hot. Why? Why? <laughs> like. Like what the what the fuck, bro? You ain't seen Stephanie around because she actually has a fucking head on her shoulders. Like, My life. She fucking she fucking hates John Laurinaitis. She fucking hates the Nick Khan guy that's taking over. Like she's she's the only and Teddy will tell you she's the only one in the whole fucking family who's got who's doing it thinking straight and shit. You know what I mean? Like he used to love Stephanie. Um, what? I don't think I ever cared for Stephanie as a character on television, even even when she was. Uh, nah, I've seen I've seen Stephanie have a couple hot streaks, like where she was really. Now here's the thing, <laughs> tap the button with Steph. It's like <laughs> you, you sure caught me off guard with that one. Trips, talk uh, to him. Here's the thing, <laughs> right? One time for Trips. Get get well soon, buddy. With with Steph. How long are we gonna be saying that? He's been out for almost a year now. I Damn. think he is well, and he's just like, man, I don't fuck with these people no more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could be. He's like, fuck it. I just had heart maintenance. I'm not going back to this. Fuck I'm not going to sit here and play with my children. I'm inside. Y'all ain't going <laughs> to hang this NXT 2.0 shit on me. Fuck right. I'm, I'm going to be inside, away from the pandemic, enjoying my wife and my children. There's no better decision he can make, so he could be 100% healthy, but until we hear different... You know, get well and stay well, Trips. And people are like, people are like, well, doesn't he need to make a living? The dude's one of the biggest shareholders in the company, and he's had just a couple he, years ago he bought even more. So it's like he'll be fine. He's he'll, fine. He'll be fine. He's made talent money, executive money, and stock dividends. He'll be fine. Don't worry. He's got more money than his kids could ever blow, or his grandkids probably. That part. So congratulations to you for making fine financial choices. With, but with Steph, it's like she can be really good, but you have to be very careful about how much you expose her on television every week. Because it's like it can get old quickly if you don't put some variety to it. But she is good. Okay, put it like this. Who would you rather have on wrestling? She's always there like, ah, yeah, like that's like fucking. <laughs> who who would you rather have on television if you had to have a, a female lead, Brandy Rose or Stephanie McMahon? Stephanie, I hate I, I hate Stephanie more. I, just just the just the sheer loudness on live television of a shut the fuck up chant that started over was enough to let me know that I no, there's no way. Well, see, I have two different answers. Like, I think that Brandy is more entertaining. I think she's better on the mic. Like, when she went off on MJF a couple weeks ago, I loved that shit. When she took her shoes off and her earrings off and was ready to fight. But, like, if, if especially if you're an authority figure or you're a heel, your job is to make people not like you. Right. You know, like, when I was a kid and I met Ted DiBiase, I told him I hated him. And he's like, good, that means I'm doing my job. You're not supposed to like me. Right. And so, like, Stephanie McMahon is very good at irritating the fuck out of me. <laughs> so, like, see? see, 
Yeah, so she's good at that shit, man. I I, I think she's good for the company, dude. Facts. That doesn't oh. mean I want her back on TV every week. Exactly, but but, but throw, the, throw, throw that bitch out like once a quarter. Give us hope. <laughs> <laughs> for real, slide through every three months. Say some say say some shit that matters and leave. Uh-huh. Yeah, let us know that there's somebody here that still gives a fuck about stock prices and the company succeeding, and then leave. And then, like, when we start to lose hope again, you're like, Obi-Wan with R2. Show up, give us a little message, keep the party going, we're good. Inject some energy and keep it moving. But, but like, that same thing applies with Brandy. Like, you couldn't see Brandy pop off her earrings and kick her shoes off every fucking week. Like, that's, it's going to become unbelievable at some point. Like how she reused the whole I didn't know it was open mic night, bitch. Like you can only really get off with that one time. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean Especially especially for it to be like that's your lead, that's your first line coming out the tunnel. Like you can't do that shit every time you snap on somebody. No, I'm glad the way that they I'm glad the way that they handled her though, because like she they've tried doing things with her that doesn't stick and instead of just shoving it down our throats they take her away for a few weeks and then try something else like you know, i remember that, that <laughs> nightmare, collective. nightmare collective shit yeah. with awesome Kong and where they're like shaving heads and putting hair on their like yeah dude yeah abandoned ship i don't so here's here's my thing i don't know what dan lambert's involvement is backstage as far as like them having interaction is concerned because He's got a lot of civil liberties on the microphone as it relates to talking about Brandy uh, and, and her choice of uh, extracurricular activities, if you will. But the one complaint that I've had about Dan Lambert is that he talks too goddamn fast. Like you can't you can't be on the mic and do shoot promos, quote unquote, air quotes, shoot promos on people and not let it resonate with the crowd. And last night was the very first time of all the promos that he's done where he actually sat and let some things breathe. The other problem was, though, he walked to the ring and got in that bitch like an old man angry, ready to fight a woman. Well, and the thing is, like, he's not a fucking... He's in his, he's, he's out of his element, man. Like, didn't do this shit until now. Like, can train pro wrestling manager or promo guy. He's literally trained people to actually fight. But the guy says what he wants to say. He's got a good personality that Tony Khan gets along with, so they put his ass on TV. And and he has the he has the playbook because Jim Cornette puts out a new podcast tw- twice a week. <laughs> yep, so, that's all it is. You're just gonna mirror Jim Cornette on television. You're gonna yep, get as close to him. To what Cornette says and bitches about AEW. Put your that's little it. spin on it. Like he hasn't come notes. out calling Kenny Omega Kenny Olivia yet. For serious, dude. <laughs> oh, oh, j- just, just wait. wait. Just wait. <laughs> wait for it. Cause I swear everything I heard come out of Lambert's mouth is like, if it's not directly, yeah, if it's not directly from the playbook, it's a variation. Like you, like on Madden, you hit the flip and turn the turn the receivers to the other side of the field. Dude, if he get if Dan Lambert comes out next week and says Scorpio Sky could drive through Alabama with rib eyes on his back, not <laughs> nah, those, those days are over. Uh, <laughs> I, I did like when Lambert was like, uh, "I'm gonna descend into a, a fireball of cancel culture." Like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. He, so, 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 whenever he, he goes out, he he's goes. going out in a blaze of glory because he he basically he basically be rabbited himself last night. <laughs> shot himself in the land. Oh, no, no, not that's that's Cheddar Bob. I'm talking about B Rap. Uh, he basically told he 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 dimed himself out on everything that you could have called him out on. So now you can't call him out on it. 
Oh, right. I love that shit at the end where 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 he's got where he's got that rad battle against the guy that became Falcon from the Avengers, and he's telling, <laughs> about, he's telling him about everything about his life that sucks. Yeah, my mom's a warrior. My dad ain't works like, dude, that's awesome. How can you fucking go against that? <laughs> you can't ever. <laughs> it's like that's, that is a it's a given truth in entertainment. Period. Self depreciation always hits, dude. Whether you're a comic and you're ragging on yourself. Whether you're right. a battle rapper and you're talking shit about yourself, people always love that shit, man. They, they love it. And and since we're on AEW, uh, Brian Kendrick was scheduled to have a match against uh, uh, John Moxley last night, and uh, mm. what we ended up getting was a nice match between Moxley and Wheeler Yuta, and a tease of a possible new faction involving Brian Danielson and John Moxley. I want to go. There's a couple points I want to I want to stop step on this one. First of all, this whole thing just reeks of sabotage to me. Okay, like the guy asked for his release, he gets his release. The day he gets his release, it's announced that he's going to be on the company that he's just leaving his biggest competitors TV against their, one of their biggest defectors, who was a world champion in that company. And then hours beforehand conspiracy theory stuff that he went off about six years ago gets fucking brought up like somebody from the e did this bro they're like oh okay you're gonna be cute you got something for us okay well, we got something for you cowboy here you go mm-hmm. yep here's what you said about sandy hook eight years ago motherfucker what you it, gotta say now it's check it's chess not checkers so exactly my and so first that, <laughs> go ahead and so that part that part, I was like, man, this has not shocked me at all. I, if this hadn't have happened, I would have been more shocked. But then, wow. secondly, the good shocking to it all, Wheeler Yuta, man. I've known of this guy for a while. I'm really good friends with Jackson Stone, who is a pro wrestler who's just out of this world, and he started the whole You Are Love movement for mental health awareness. And Wheeler Yuta was his roommate when they lived in uh, Pennsylvania a few years back. And Jackson's been singing Wheeler's praises for the longest time. And part of me was like, okay, I'm sure the guy's good. And then part of me is always like, oh, this is your homeboy. Of course you're going to talk good about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if someone's my homeboy and he's really my homeboy, he's the best at everything. Like, you guys have the best fucking wrestling podcast in the world. I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care who's on it. Like, y'all are my people. So y'all going to be the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, hey, man, he's building his boy Wheeler up. And then I see Wheeler start to work over the past few months. And I'm like, man, this guy is really freaking good, but he's in this comedy act with best friends. And then Daniel Bryan comes out and name drops him and talks about how Wheeler Uter would be incredible if he worked with him. And I just started thinking, like, wait, imagine that wait, so bro. how so not only not only did he name drop Wheeler Uter, he also name dropped this year's Bola winner, Daniel Garcia, who's currently yep. part of 2.0. Who he who play. he actually had a knockdown drag out with earlier when he first came to AEW. Yeah. So and then oh. who, who else? It was so it was it was five. It was Brian Danielson, uh, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta. Oh, the uh, the other one, Lee Moriarty. It was Lee Moriarty was the other one. Yes. Imagine that faction. Imagine those guys. Imagine Wheeler Yuta, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia. Led by Brian Danielson and John Moxley going head to head against the elite. So Brian, so Brian, so Brian, whatever they're calling. So Brian, Brian Danielson is a submission specialist in the grappler. John Moxley is just an all around brawler. Like he, you, he can adapt to any style. He, he is the wild card. 
we so were. So here, here's the thing: if you took uh, Brian Danielson, <laughs> if you took Brian Danielson and here's merged his DNA with with uh, John Moxley, you would get Timothy Thatcher. <laughs> Wait, who who could possibly end up in this faction? Yep, foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. Which which, uh, which could happen actually? Now here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now that we mentioned that you mentioned him, <laughs> come uh, come revolution, Timothy Thatcher could probably be the one to introduce this faction. If John Moxley declines, it, that faction could probably end up being Brian Danielson and Timothy Th- Thatcher at the head of the table. I think it's actually more interesting if he accepts. I agree too, and I think, yeah, I, think I, I think you got more TV that'll come out of that if he accepts. Is that, that's the next pay per view for AEW. Is Revolution the next pay per view? Yep, March. I believe it's March yeah. the sixth. So that's what if? Yeah, I'm glad this dude. What the fuck? That whole yeah, we're gonna do a special show and we're gonna call it Beach Blast and we're gonna do it in January in Cleveland, in Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> a shit warm in January in Cleveland, but chilly. There is one. There is one beach in Cleveland, and it's on a lake. <laughs> It's it's all it's it's at the mouth of the Ohio River and the uh, in Lake Erie. Exactly, no, like nope. that's Beach Blast and Jane. No, 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 thank you. Then you have Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy walk on an actual beach. Just like, did you really have to recreate this? Ain't, this ain't Sting and Vader. Like, fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Sting, Vader, Sid Vicious, and Davy Boy Smith, and Colonel Parker's on a boat with a midget. Dude, Tony Khan's got so much money, he's probably like, okay, guys, we, we got to do whatever the fuck you want. Promo, but there ain't no beaches in Cleveland, so I'm going to need someone to fly these two motherfuckers out to Bora Bora uh, for like. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck a green screen. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, we're, we're, we only need one shot, but go ahead and book three days. Yeah, just, yeah, book, book. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Are we finna go kick it? <laughs> let, me get a, let me get a my endless my tie account. And and finally, again, Ruby Soho. Ruby, Ruby Soho. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You talking Ruby Soho? Ruby, Ruby Soho was interviewed last week, and she was talking about how the difference between here and WWE, like. Man, it's like a big party and everybody just has fun and all that. I'm like, dude, you have a guy that's worth about 20 times what Vince McMahon is worth. They gave his son an open checkbook. Of course it's going to be fun. (laughs) This is a fucking millennial. This is a real life millennial running this company. Literally, yes. Real life 100% millennial. What's your dream match? How 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 old is Tony Khan? He's he's early 30s. I don't say like Tony, me and Tony Khan probably should have went to high school together. Like, what's your what's your yeah. dream match? Actually, no, thirty nine. He's thirty nine, so he's late thirties, almost forty. What's your dream so match? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, hold my Arnold Palmer. <laughs> it's coming next week. <laughs> he's literally a year younger than me, so we grew up around the same era and everything. So he wa- he wa- so. salute your shorts on Nickelodeon like everybody else, <laughs> bro. Imagine, imagine. It, it, this is exactly what it's like, dude. Imagine if I had. A fucking dad who had more money than fucking Vince. God. Then Vince. Yeah. And I was like, hey, daddy, I want to start a company. Okay, here, son. Like, what do you think I would be doing? I'd be signing every motherfucker that I like, man. <laughs> you see the difference in parenting styles this, that we just, this, we've gone this, through. This, this there's, there's Vince cutting this, his fucking son off. Listen, like, it's the misappropriation of funds at the highest level. I mean, like, he he's a co-owner of the Jaguars. He is a co-owner of Folsom FC. 
Like he, yeah. there's, there's like one or two stadiums that they own over in the UK. Like, come on, man. <laughs> bro, I would be, I would be hiring every fucking one of my childhood wrestling heroes, bro. I swear to, like, dude. Exactly. I'm, I'm telling you, bro. Like, I, dude, they would be if if I was Tony fucking Khan, they would be out there digging up Harley Race's body and doing some weekend at Bernie shit with him, bro. I want to see Harley Race, my <laughs> God. I got <laughs> money. <laughs> That Come image on. in my head is entirely too fucking funny. <laughs> oh shit! No disrespect to the race family, but good oh, guy dig up Harley Race and recreate Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> now Tony Khan is living the equivalent of like for for those Madden players out there when you turn the salary cap off. Yep, yep. And you and can you trade for whoever the fuck you want. Dude, I just okay. So I want Brett Favre as my quarterback for the yep. Patriots, and then I'm bringing on Emmitt Smith as my running back. You know? <laughs> yeah, that that is what now is known as Madden Ultimate Team. <laughs> like, what what was what what would you say the largest the the, the time the WWE uh, roster was the absolute largest in terms of active competitors? Would you probably say it was like around like 2013 or 14? Uh, I'd say I'd say probably between 2014 and 16. Okay. That's when NXT was like. That's when NXT was cranking, bro. Exactly. And so you like, had a full roster on NXT. You had a touring NXT show. You know what I mean? You could like, have you could have a pay per view. You have an NXT pay per view or special event with nothing but main events, and still have another one on the bench, and not have any of those people even touch TV. So I, I, I'm I'm with you. Probably around that same time. Had, at one point, at one point, they had such a fucking loaded roster. They were doing. Raw and SmackDown, and each one had a uh, pay per view every two weeks. They were it, doing three yep, hour long. It, it was like nineteen pay. Matter of fact, Suave wasn't that uh, the, our first year. They had like nineteen pay per views that year. Uh, I want. I, I want to say that was twenty eighteen, which is our, which is BPBC's first year. I want to say there was nineteen pay per views between the. Our, uh, first is, our first was seventeen, and then they was had, it seventeen. They yeah. had NXT. Damn. They had I, NXT, I'll tell you why NXT, later, but yeah. They had NXT UK. And then remember, they were about to start NXT Japan. And then Pro Wrestling Noah made that deal with New Japan instead. Like, they were going to have three different NXTs at once in three yeah. different parts of the country. <laughs> on top India. of a huge fucking roster, dude. Like, it was unreal, man. So, and it, Global so, domination. So, so, think, so, so, think about how large the roster was then. Compare that roster to AEW's roster now. Like, there's easily 150 competitors on the roster. Like, whether they're signed as full-time talent or not. Like, if they're like showing up on like Dark or, or Evolution or Evolution or it was Evolution. Um, well, they're showing up on those shows or they're on Rampage or Dynamite or pay-per-views. There's probably close to 200 competitors in AEW right now. I, I, some of those people are just kind of quietly falling by the wayside. Like uh, the, a lot of the the selections from the land of the misfit toys that we saw when the <laughs> pandemic first started, and you just had palette. A lot of those people are no longer, you know, they they are moving on to other stuff. Like Khan's just letting those contracts expire, and because there's more talent to bring in that is TV. That's rich, what I was gonna say, man. Which, like I, I I get so excited because you see all these indie guys getting signed. You know, friends of yours, oh, he's getting a bag, he's getting a bag. But then you don't ever see him anymore because they got so many fucking people, they're getting lost in the shuffle. Like, when was the last time you saw Sonny Kiss on TV? When was the last time you saw Matt Seidel on TV? When was the last time, Wood, that you saw your homeboy Joey Janelle on TV? When was the last time that, like, 
any of these dudes had any TV at all. Like, not like Leva Bates, Peter Avalon, they haven't been on TV, you know? Like, Man, Sidell might be the only one you named that I've seen in like the last month. Yeah, and he was on probably Dark or Elevation, one of the two, wasn't he? I think it was like a backstage interview on um, on Rampage. But didn't he? Ha- he had a match against somebody on Rampage. Yeah, so they that's, that's he the, had a match with Punk. But they reunited with um, with uh, what's my man that went to uh, the task for just a hot second. Um, Dante Martin. Dante Martin. I didn't care yeah. about none of that. I yeah. didn't care about none of that. But yeah, but no, that's but that's the last time I saw him on TV was talking about the uh, them reuniting with Dante until Dante's brother comes back. Right, and then he had a um, he had a yeah that match he had with Punk. And the guy is still one of the most gifted fucking performers in the world, and and he's buried in the locker room, man. And I, when I say buried, it's not like it's intentional. You don't got trips over here with a golden shovel, but there's almost. Hey, so much- but while you bullshitting, no, what what do you what do you think out of spite the chances of seeing Shane in Jacksonville would be? Man, I think that would be fucking golden, bro. Like, because I mean, whenever they keep. They've been talking about for years about you know the Monday Night Wars greatest time Monday and when you think of Monday Night Wars, what's the enduring picture you think of? Shane McMahon showing up and buying WCW. You want to see two thousand one come back to life? Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, it it would be it would be the biggest wild moment of all time. Like, and I was you know I was I was kind of upset when the whole thing with Kendrick happened because I was wanting to see how it would play out in the wrestling world. My, to me. One of the most enduring memories of the Monday Night War was when I saw Rick Rude on two different shows in one night. Yeah, I, I was just I was just explaining to somebody that the other day, like someone didn't understand how that even happened, and like it was like because Monday Night Raw was being taped about Monday yeah. Nitro was live. Rick Rude has a beard with DX, and at the same time shows up on Monday Nitro with no beard, literally, liter- no, literally in the same the same segment. It was literally well, it was the, the same, same segment. segment. I remember how close it was. I just remember it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can flip the channel and see Rick Root at the same time on the same uh, on two different channels. Because I, I remember him coming out at WCW and he was rubbing his face, you know, because he was clean shaven. And I, here I am, like, I'm like nine years old and I'm not thinking of free tapes. So I'm like, how the hell did this man just get from <laughs> Minneapolis to LA in an hour? He was just on wrong. <laughs> uh. Yo, um, lastly on uh, AEW, we saw, boy, a pay-per-view main event classic given away for free between MJF and CM Punk in Chicago, where CM Punk takes his first L uh, for AEW at home. Booking was predictable, man. Everything about it, even down to the where it had Wardlow come out and slip him the ring, because they've been putting so much emphasis on Wardlow recently. And if he's going to turn on MJF, I just knew Wardlow was going to come out and do something to help MJF win. And you know that he wasn't going to beat Punk clean, especially in Chicago. Yeah, going to be some sort of fucking shit. Biggest facts. I, I think uh, Punk gets his lick back at uh, at Revolution. Oh, and, he's and, gonna and get all, it back. He's gonna get it back in a major way. They're gonna with have Warlow. War, that's, that's the day War. That's the that's the day Warlow leaves MJF. Yeah, it's gonna be like, dude. Okay, okay. CM Punk at Revolution is gonna be like when Eminem came back at MGK, bro. Like, it's gonna be. <laughs> this is gonna be a come to Jesus talk. And you remember when, like, when Bizarre was talking about, and he's like, "Oh boy, 
you done fucked up now, boy. Like, MGK, <laughs> that was one of your best raps ever. Like, MJF, that was one of your best performances ever. But, man, you done fucked up, man. Like, <laughs> the clapback is coming, and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, it's definitely coming. Sure, BrokenPistolBC.com, BrokenPistolBC at gmail.com. That's at BrokenPistolBC on all things social. At BrokenPistolBC on what? Everything. 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 Rodney Mack is up next. This has been a whole lot of fucking gang shit. In conjunction with the blackest thing you ever seen or never heard in your life. That top rope. That is the the BPBC Black History Program. Hide your kids, hide your wives. We have a special guest. Don't hide them because they need to see and learn all of this. It's all month long. We're coming off the top rope. Directly into your chest cavity. <laughs> Unprotected. <laughs> we, we 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 have a special guest on with us this year, uh, and, and and hopefully this ain't the last one because we, we we kicking off the month with a bang. We officially adopting him as gang, so I mean he might adopt us as employees here soon too. That's another conversation. ECW yeah. legend, WWE legend, Southern wrestling legend for the two thousands and soon to be and beyond, and uh, one half of the owners of Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. We have Red Dog Rodney Mack in the place with us right now. Hurt. What's up, fellas? Yeah, yeah. Man, you are one of the one of the most menacing figures to to walk with the, with the with a belt or to a ring, and one of the coolest people to talk to probably in this business. We appreciate you, absolutely. Man, I appreciate you guys, man. Uh, thanks for the support, man, and uh, you know all the back all the back in the Mac all these years, man. Yeah, it don't stop the. Uh, as as your former uh, manager would say, thugging the bugging will always continue. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. So, well, I don't plan on stopping. Good. <laughs> I don't plan on stopping anytime soon, man. Yeah, that, sounds good. That's us. So, tell us for people who don't know and they're not well versed and and they're not indoctrinated about Rodney Mac. Let people know how you got started in the business. Who trained you? Just the the early part of, of your career in professional wrestling. Uh, well, man, you know, wrestling always was a, it was a lifelong dream of mine. My dad got me into watching wrestling. I could remember, uh, I always tell the story. I'm uh, four years older than my youngest brother, well, than my only brother. Um, but I can remember my mother was pregnant. And uh, I remember my dad and I dropping her off to the hospital to have the baby <laughs> while we went on to a wrestling show and got Sundry the Giant in the handicap match. That's legendary so, as fuck yeah. right there. Like, hey, I tell that story all the time. That's as real as it gets. And oh, that man. Louisiana, yes, sir. At, at the, uh, the uh, Domain Center. Yeah. What, uh, what, but, uh, where where yeah. in Louisiana was that? Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay, was that, uh, what, who, what was the promotion? Who, who was uh, Andre wrestling for back then? I want to say it was back in the mid south. Mid south. That's what. That's that's why I was asking. I'm, I grew up in Tulsa, so mid south is always uh, a, a soft spot. It's a soft spot with me. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that always was a lifelong dream of mine, man. I just knew in the back of my head that I was going to be a professional wrestler, and uh, I always uh, basically lived that 
part and train that part even, even as a kid. You know, and uh, then I just happened to uh, run into JYD, um, who, uh, who back then was everybody's hero, you know. But um, yeah, I remember, man, in the sixth, in, back in going back to like the sixth grade, and uh, I used to get reprimanded and put in detention for walking around, well, not walking around, running around head button kids on campus, just playing, <laughs> just wrestling, and, and howling. And, yeah. Yeah, that junkyard dog thing just happened to be a coincidence, man, because uh, nobody knew. I was born and raised on a pit bull farm. And mm. um, if you know anything about anything about pit bull, there's a pit bulls. There's a guy by the name of Floyd Boudreau, who was the who's who's the don who's the don of all pit bulls. And uh, the, uh, that guy and my father was raised together. It's uh, a couple of generations of and his grandfather and my grandfather and all that. So. It was that that pit bull thing and the dog thing is, is real. That's really who I am. Uh, JYD just happened to be uh, one of my, you know, like I said, one of my heroes. And uh, ran into him um, at, when I was playing football at the University of Arkansas, Monticello. It was my senior year, and he was doing an autograph session um, there at the local Walmart. Ran into him, and uh, when I walked through the doors, you know, he looked at me and called me away. Hey, Junior. Uh, hey man, you want? Would you like to be a wrestler? I was, and then I went off and you know got to telling him who I was and where I was from. And man, this real story, man. He ended up talking. He told me that uh, you know he'd been around and uh, he knew one of my aunties. And uh, long story short, nephew. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that's real. That's, that's a, yeah. that, if that's not a southern in, story. <laughs> in, indeed, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, yeah, man. So, um, so you know, I, I was still playing ball. It was my senior year, and uh, I, I never seen him again. I went home for the uh, for the Christmas break. And ran into him again in Lafayette, and just so happened he was uh, running a school or something, and asked me to, to uh, you know, to, to hook up. So it started there. I started training with him, which is where I met Jazz. And then, um, like shortly after that, Rod Price was working some indie shows around, and uh, those guys got together and kind of teamed up a little school. And then, uh, you know, one thing led from another. Uh, to another from there. I started with JYD and uh, a guy named Joey Jackson, Joey Como out of Lafayette, Louisiana. He was actually running the promotion and Scandal Agbar was working for him. So it was those guys, Agbar, uh, One Man Gang, um, uh, yeah, JYD and Joey Jackson or Joey Como. Wow. That, yeah, you can, you yeah, came, you yeah. came up around some true like legends. Um, so you came up the right way, and so that, that explains a lot because we didn't we didn't know a lot about you prior to ECW, and uh, you know it says that you know you started training in '98, and yeah, well, well I didn't have really any um that much prior uh, man I didn't have that much experience at all. Um, I worked for the NW the NWA was like one of the first. The, it was not one of it was the first real company i worked for nwa southwest um here in uh dallas fort worth texas uh the arlington area right but yeah and i only worked there for a brief time maybe six six months or something and, and uh rod was there that's rod price brought me there and uh he told that ecw was coming to new orleans or the uh yeah yeah the, the, close to our area and they told me and Jazz to get ready and go for the tryout. And uh, we were like, man, fuck. 
you know, tie out shit. But anyway, we <laughs> did. You know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know how to tie our boots real good. And, but uh, anyway, we, we did, man, and uh, and lit it up, you know, so, and the rest was pretty much history on that. And not even trying to, you know, oversell, but it looked like a natural progression because like, for, for you guys to have that little time from between training and debuting in ECW, it's crazy because I was just telling Suave like when we first saw we go back and remember the first time we saw Jazz in ECW it looked like she had been in a ring for you know three or four years and we just had never seen her you know and, Man, it's, we and tell, I'm sorry no, we, go ahead. we tell everybody this story the reason why well I, I always like I said I feel I was born to do this I do feel I, I was born with some skills and whatnot but yeah I was I was I was horrible like everybody else <laughs> but the, the amount of time and the reps that we put in. People think we lie when we tell them the stories about seven days a week. The only break we took was if we were booked, you know, stuff like that. That was the break we had, was on the road having a show. We got back, we went back to the gym, and it was just, it wasn't a handful of guys. You know, it started off with, a, with, with about 10, but it was only me and Jazz at the end. So a lot of times we were in the, in the ring, and, and the recipe was we was two hours of working out, lifting weights, then we get back and then we get in the ring for about two and a half, three hours. But there was no one else there but me and her. So reps, 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 reps. That's all we ever did, man. Yeah, we lived in that ring. That's crazy. Like, I, I was today years old when I realized when I was watching Jazz in ECW that she was a rookie. Air quotes. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, man. That's, yeah, yeah. that's just just a testament to how much work you guys put in. Like it, it, we it really in, showed we up. We put in work, and we were so blessed. We were so blessed, and I keep saying that by the guys that we we ran across the the in, in the era, and we were taught by the best of the best. You know, from I mean, the, the, along the journey, we ran into two guys who were like in ECW, we had the Paulies, the Tommy Dreamers, the New Jack. I mean, I could go, I could go on and on. And then in NWA, I was introduced to the the, the Iceman King Parsons, Terry Gordy, Michael Hayes, Jake <laughs> Roberts. You know, that's why I got the first real. Ma I think my second match ever was with one man game, but I wasn't no match. The second, <laughs> seven forty-seven, one, two, three. Oh my God! Well, no, we, we, we actually had no dog. This is true. I got in there because uh, Terry Gordy. Something happened with his flight, and he couldn't make the show. And that was one of my first man, like two months of training. And JYD threw me in there because Gordy didn't, <laughs> Gordy didn't show up, but. He did, the first thing he told me, and the only thing he really told me was, don't die on me, Junior. Don't die on me. <laughs> so we, we go on out there, and uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not the baddest man in the world, but I ain't no bitch. So we got in there, and, you know, he, was, he started laying that shit in on me, so shit, I started laying back on him and shooting on the man, and took the man down. And, <laughs> yeah, I was fighting for my life. He was, uh, <laughs> like, but yeah. hell, I didn't die on yeah, I had no idea, you know, and, and really, man, if you know one man gang or, or George, man, he don't play. Man, that, that some bitch welcomed me to the NFL real quick. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to ask a question, though. I was going to kind of stay out of this, but. Oh, Tony but, Snow, ladies and gentlemen. Tony Snow. <laughs> Can't well, ban the snowman. Would tell me at the beginning, I, I could chime in if I want. And I haven't had a chance to ask you about this, big bro. But I've got you. Speaking of speaking of almost dying in the ring, uh, 
You just wrestled Jerry Lawler recently. Tell us about. Oh that. my God! Oh, he he jumped completely what? through the backstory all the way yeah. to the yeah real questions. Come on with it. Well, which part? What what what? what are you, I mean, I wrestled Jerry um, man quite a few times. You know? No, I saw you this wrestled him here recently. I didn't know he was still working. You wrestled him in Tennessee or something a couple of months ago, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I didn't even know he still worked. What was that like, man? Man, it's just, uh, man. In this part, uh, Jerry still got it, man. Of course, you know he don't bump like he did 30 years ago. But the psychology, you still get in there, and you could learn a whole lot from a guy, from a veteran, with that. Because you know his his, his game is, of course, no longer physical. It's all mental. And if you really want to learn how to work. Man, guys like that, you, you, that, that's that's when you're gonna learn something. What to do, when to do, how to do what what you have in there. No disrespect by any which way, but I mean that from a little guy to a big guy to a young guy to knowing the capabilities of your opponent and not exposing him. You know what I mean? Uh, um, enhancing what he does have, and and, and yeah, that's 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 a. Man, that's that's a task in its own because we don't sit in the back and go over the match when you got guys like this. That's the art of it. You just see in the back, bro. You know, you know the you know the finish, and uh, and that's it. And you go out there and work. But that's what you have, I just love about this resurgence in indie wrestling over the past ten years is it's lengthening careers. People are able able to see guys wrestle in person that they've probably never seen or wouldn't have had a chance to see a few years ago. You know what I mean? Like, who would think in 2022 you'd get to see Rodney Mack versus Jerry Lawler? I mean, come on, man. The life, right. the lifestyles have changed a lot too. Um, I mean, just like from the way, the way you guys traveled back, you know, twenty years ago is different from how you travel now in terms of you know going from city to city and not having to work as many dates to because uh, now you, your body has time to rest. Well. That's so true, and I'm and I'm not trying to be, you know, whatever. But I still try to live that lifestyle and teach my boys that lifestyle. So I try to within within their within within their limits. But man, I try to take them on the road and and go take long road trips like the Memphis trips. I don't, but those guys I don't fly. Like if I have my students with me, or I take an indie booking, I try to deliberately do it the, the old school way. Get them in the van and let us all go on the road and teach them the road, the etiquette. And, you know, you still go to the gym, eating right, um, uh, and road trip stories. There's no better education than getting in the road for 10, getting in the van for 10 hours and teaching these guys what you learn. That That's when the real education comes out because you're in a different environment than you are at the dojo. At the dojo, the ring's there and you got in-ring work and all that stuff in your mind but when you're in that van it's just a different it's a different atmosphere and a different setting and uh right man it's a whole it's that's just when the library books come out absolutely so, yeah that was uh gonna be another one of my questions and you kind of answered it already like um you're more radio off storytelling during road trips or is there ever a time where it's more so you you more so vibing with music during the road trip or is it always just we telling stories oh it comes a time whenever they gotta quit talking and then I gotta put in some of that gangster rap because I gotta get my mind right 
Yeah. And I was about to pull up on the building in about two hours. And yeah, when I got about two hours left, then we got to listen to, to, to my guy to jump into the uh, ghetto boys and Scarface and Tupac. And you know what I'm saying? I got to get, I got to get, uh, um, I got, I got to get in the Mac mode, man. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I be, yeah, I become that guy, and that's real. Do you and uh, do yeah. you and Jazz travel together, or because uh, I, like, yeah, I yeah. oh yeah, we we still travel together. It's just uh, the majority of the time. Well, not majority. Uh, I get fifty fifty. You know, um, she she's on her on her route doing her thing, and then I'm you know doing mine with the with the with the guys and whatnot. But um, yeah, we still we still travel together a lot. You know the NWA trips now. Now that I'm back with NWA, um, her and I are pretty. You know, travel and fly together. There this weekend we're going to I think Massachusetts together. So yeah, we still, you know, we still do our thing. And now we just really got back with Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. We just kind of teamed back up as the bullies, and now she's managing me again. Nice. So, it's about to be on, dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can dig it. That's what's yeah, up. This, 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 this is another track in the book. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Now you mm-hmm. you were talking earlier. You were talking about the people that, that you come across in your in your in your travels, and you talking about you were blessed to come across some people talent wise. Like you, I first caught wind of you, um, of course, in ECW, but really it was OVW. That kind of said like something something's about to happen with this guy. And the first person they put you with OVW was Shelton Benjamin. And you know, that that 2002 class was said to be the best class to ever come out of OVW. Talk about uh, your time with Shelton and, and, and what you learned with him. Man, you know, for right right before him, and I want to say how I got set up right to be to be able to go out there and actually not talk, but kind of was the leader in, in, of that pack. But Right before I went, I, I spent some time down here with Iceman, Iceman King Parsons, and and in the IWO, the Iceman World Order, Gary uh. Hart, <laughs> yeah, guys like that. I had just passed through Gary Hart, who was teaching me about Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, Ooh, and I was the, the new Mad Dog Buzz, Buzz Sawyer. So okay. I studied them guys, and then here I am in the ring with the Iceman. You know, the Ice Man, not wrestled, I worked with, wrestled with, and, and was and, and was tutored by, and then managed right after that by Ice Man King Puss. You know, so right immediately after that is, is about that time where I went up to OVW. And uh man, I was I was I was ready for, you know, for whatever. I done been through ECW, then you know, with these guys. Um so yeah, when I went up there, Man, it speaks for itself. You know, um, Shelton, Brock, uh, man, who wasn't there? You know, um, John Cena, Randy Orton, uh, man, Bacham, uh, Nick Dinsmore, Rob. I mean, the who's who of pro wrestling right now. You know, so yeah, it was. If you don't know what studs is when you walk in that when you walk in that locker room, there it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> the best of the best. Yeah. Now, Mark Henry. I mean, and Mark wasn't at Mark. Mark was there for uh, from for injury, I think. And that that was one name I was gonna I was gonna bring yeah. up too. With with him being so close in proximity to Dog Pound, you what's the possibility of him popping up there? Oh man, 
me and Mark, we still, man, we, we still cooler than fans, man. Um, I just spoke to Mark not not that long ago. We still communicating. Uh, he he is gonna drop by. He's just so so busy. Um, matter of fact, we were trying to get a date sometime real soon. But yeah, we communicate all the time. And uh, you know, he recently we worked together with SWE right before he went on to AEW. So Mark was down there with us with Teddy and Jazz, and we still communicate. We got a great relationship. And uh, matter of fact, hats off to him because. Man, brother, brother, tearing it up, man. He's take- doing a great job. Yeah, he, yeah he's taking he, off, uh, man. That uh, his, his he, it's it's so funny as I tell people, like Suave and I have a long, a long history in, in broadcasting, uh, in one form or another. And I've never seen somebody come off of being just you know an athlete and have the charisma, like having knowledge in a particular area in the field is one thing, but being able to actually know the art form that it, that it takes to to broadcast and do it at such a high right. level is not is not something that should be taken lightly. And Mark Henry is doing that in spades, man. He's he's doing a hell of a job over there, serious. Hey, man, Mark's so well-rounded because, and I'm not saying because, like, I know everything about the man by any means, but he's so well-rounded because, man, look at look at his career. Man, that man, he's, in the, he's done it all. Yeah. You know, so he got so much, he's got so much to tell, you know, and how to do it. He didn't just do it all in one sport. Man, why? <laughs> he, he did it all. Football, you know, but, man, here you see a man dunking basketball. Um, he just all weightlifting. I mean, you know the things he did with powerlifting, and then and then pro wrestling. <clears throat> I mean, that's different avenues, and and on the top levels in the world, at different things he did. And who else knows what else he did? He's very intelligent. Bams, you know, very very intelligent guy. So, uh, and and, and man, it's just um, it all shows, man. Hats off to him, and uh, I don't think we've seen nothing yet. Man, he just getting started. I just, I just know I can't wait to get down to uh, to San Antonio to, to, to rock with you and Jazz. Um, you also mentioned, um, you also mentioned New Jack. What do you tell? Do you have any stories with New Jack from your tra- from your travels, whether ECW or even or even beyond? Because we interviewed him and he, uh, you know, before right, probably not not too long before he passed, man, and he was uh, he, he was wild. <laughs> yeah, New Jack was wild, man. He was New Jack, but you gotta know. I mean, you gotta know New Jack. Um, Man, he, he took he took me and Jazz under his wing, and I mean he looked after us. He was a great guy. He was fun. He was loving. He was out there, but at the same time, man, he was a good <laughs> dude, man. You know, yeah, he was wild. You don't give a fuck, you know. And he'll let you know that. And he was, but he was really a great guy. If you never crossed him or never did anything to fuck over him, you know, man, you had a friend for life, a brother. And you know, that's right. how he took care of me and Jazz. Yeah, he never. Never tripped, always uh, had our back. Matter of fact, he took us out and, uh, you know, always paid for shit, man, and made sure that we were straight. So, yeah, uh, I got nothing but love for New Jack, man. And and he showed me a lot. You know, New Jack knows a, a lot more wrestling than people give him credit for. The guy had great psychology, and he could wrestle. But he evolved into the OG New Jack. You know what I mean? He went from, he, he, he his character evolved. And if you go back and look at some shit, New Jack could wrestle back in the day. Right. Yeah, he yeah, his, his body of work spoke for it for itself, man. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't just that uh that hardcore legend. He actually could put on 
I mean, that's what got them to the dance was wrestling. It wasn't. It wasn't the the the, 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 hard, the hardcore uh, jumping off of shit. It was him wrestling is what got him to the dance. So yeah, you're absolutely that's right. Right. And, yeah, and his his character evolved into the gangster, and gangster right. don't wrestle. Gangsters fight, or as Mac Ten would say, gangsters don't dance; they boogie. Yeah, we boogie. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you I'm Kurt Angle, but I'm going to keep it real. I can go toe to toe with any motherfucker when it comes to wrestling. I wrestled all my life, but riding in Mac don't wrestle. I mean, I could do. You know, I'm going to show you I know how to wrestle because I'm a pro wrestler, but my character. Yeah, I'm not supposed to get in there and be the most technical some bitch you've seen and I'm from the streets and the thugging and bugging and gangsters don't bug it. I mean, we don't dance, we bug it. We, we need a shirt, gangsters don't arm drag. Yeah, right, right. We putting a boost to your ass. <laughs> yeah. Straight like that. Yes, sir. All right, man. Is there any difference in the locker room vibe between working the independence Versus uh, maybe ECW and even to an extent WWE. How, how what's the locker room vibe like in those different places? Um, man, there's a big difference, and the difference is you don't feel clickish. Mm, you okay. know, um, right? And 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 that's changed so much. Everywhere I go, I always I, I make that like a point. Uh, especially if I have anything to do with booking the booking the show, I'm, we don't have no clicks in the locker room. It's gonna be a family. We all gonna get along. I don't care if you don't like each other, but when you get here, you know that. But you heard the story. You guys know the story about the burning bush. Well, you leave that shit by the burning bush when you walk in here. The egos drop at the door. We ain't got all them personal issues. None of that shit. When you come in our locker room or where I'm at, I want a family. Um, feeling back there you know that's why if, if i got anything to do with or when i'm in the locker room we say prayer before the show everybody hold hands and we all get a prayer going right. so that's the difference in the lock in, in in the independent locker rooms and the feelings uh in the companies that i'm involved with as opposed to the ecws and uh wwe wwf locker room I can dig it. Well, yeah, yeah. man. Uh, so, on the horizon right now, Dog Pound Championship Wrestling, you guys are, uh, you, you got shows up on YouTube. You start off with a battle royal. Um, you also are, are a wrestling school with you and Jazz. Let's um, just talk about it. What, what's it, what you looking for talent-wise? What can we expect to see from the organization? Uh, first of all, man, Dog Pound Championship Wrestling, I want it to be different. And, um, uh, they're just a different product. Not trying to stay better or anything out there is bad. I just want to bring it, want to keep it pro wrestling and how it used to be or how it's supposed to be by being able to know your craft, being able to get in the ring and actually wrestle. Like you walk through the door, I walk through the door. I don't even need to know who you are. If we're two pros, we don't need to do all that shit. Get in the, get in the ring and, and let's have a match. You know the finish. I know the finish. I don't need to know the finish if you know it. But let's work. <laughs> that's it's real, and that's not right. no joy. I'm in that, that's the way I'm. I teach my guys. <clears throat> so I want that kind of that kind of mentality to be professional wrestlers. You know, sure, man, you could talk, you know, a little bit, whatever, what's up. But for the most part, what then? What makes you different from the next guy who walks through the door? 
or the next fan. You could pull anybody on the side and go over some shit, and then they go back in the ring and do it. What's professional? What's unique? Where's the art? All that shit. Why you go to a school? What you training? I mean, you know. And so I want to bring that back, or I don't know, say, but you know what? I'm just trying to keep it real, keep it pro wrestling. And I want that mentality to come in the ring and tell stories, you know, um, to get people involved, emotionally involved. Anybody can run a spot and everybody is running spots. So what's, why watch mine and then not theirs? Or what, you know what I mean? What makes us different? And I just want to go back to old school wrestling. I think a lot of people do, man. We we're, we're sick of the uh, we're, we're sick of the, uh, the character show, you know. Not to say that you can't be a character, but we're sick we're sick of the cartoon right. shit. And you right, know, that corny shit, that bullshit, that <laughs> yeah. harassment shit. No, no, fuck that shit, man. I'm you know we. Just, but look, I keep it, man. Look, I'm I love my my business. I love this sport, and I respect it. And if yeah, wrestling is a work. Is it fake? Well, bring your ass in there and let's find out. <laughs> Ain't nothing fake about me. Come on. Ain't nothing fake about what I teach. I don't teach no fake punches. I don't teach no fake shit. I teach you how to work, but I don't teach no fake nothing, bro. So I don't ain't fake. Ain't nothing about the school, you know. And I, yeah, I know the game is a work. I wouldn't have been in it this long. You know, if I was out there killing people, I don't think I'd have a mess next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> right? In the words of JR, this shit ain't ballet. It's pro wrestling. You know? Yeah, and I know it ain't MMA. It's pro wrestling. And in order to figure it out, <laughs> you got to get in the school. <laughs> we'll show you what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> this ain't nothing fake about the business, man. Not the way I was taught. I missed that damn class. <laughs> Man. <laughs> hey, hey, look, that's that's the type of wrestling we like to watch. That's the type of wrestling we like to support. Like, I don't necessarily need to see a gymnastics routine for every match. Like, one of the, no. one of, one of the things we've been saying here, like, recently on the show is, like, I like when wrestlers fight. Uh, yeah, and, and nobody says, um, damn, that um, there's no room for that. But I don't want to see, you know, and, and you know, I have to be a great athlete or a gymnast to be a pro wrestler. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it ain't the size and it ain't the size of how big you are and veins coming out your neck. We got a saying here. It ain't the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. That that's and that and and that's from Red Dog himself. Man, uh Shit, you, you're, you're welcome on here anytime you want to. If you need us to come down there, we are a phone call and a text message away from hitting the road. I mean, San Antonio only about four and a half hours from the DFW, and we don't mind no. hitting the road. I would love to have you guys come down, man, especially for an event like this with Teddy Long himself being here. You uh, guys can kick it with him, man. Teddy would be, man, he would love to, to, to man. Yeah, yeah that Sno would be an honor. Yeah. Snow linked us up uh, at SWE. And uh, so, and that's, yeah. So that was a, it was that was a great time within itself to just to be able to get a chance to to actually talk to him and you know and and, and give him his flowers, you know, while we still can, and then right, you know, and, right. and then he give us ours too, which you know we don't think we deserve it, but at the same time, we're coming from a legend, we are gonna take all of it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, but why experience. Why, why, you know, why, why don't you guys deserve it? You guys putting yourselves in situations and positions to be. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Water with it. So, yeah. You just Much appreciated. You did the work. There yes, it is. Sir. We we appreciate that, man. Rodney, you got to tell these these guys about Hoss Holding, man. His story. Oh yeah, man. Hoss is a yeah. What a story. Sixty-one years old, or sixty years old. Um, he's a former promoter who decided that in order to, um, in order to do it right, he needed to know what it was like to be a wrestler. So he wanted to train to become a professional wrestler, and then later on. Go back to promoting but uh yeah what a story man and he's um I, I don't like to put it out there but he had some personal issues i think the man has um actually overcome cancer as well and this is all recently wow so uh yeah so he was uh and then um for the belt that he holds we've we've done the, i think it was a 24 25 man battle raw whatnot and he was the first man in and the last man out. But um, that's the, he's a perfect example of what that pound for pound championship means. It has nothing to do with size or whatever. It goes back to what I said. It's not about the size of the dog. And it's about, you know, the size of the fight in the dog. And that he represents and stands for all that. Yeah, what what a story. And, and, who, and who, who's, who's this again? Don Holding. Don Holding. Okay, Haas Holding. Gotcha. Yes. Right. Right. He's the first, the first ever dog pound champ. He's got his first title defense coming up. Next oh week. shit! Oh wow! Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This, that, yeah. Yeah. Don't bury the lead. <laughs> and, dude, and the guys and, and his first title defense. Rodney books him against a freaking thirty-year vet in Mike Dell. Like Whoa. great. Hey man, sink or swim. Uh, you, got, you, got, you gotta learn. Shit, pound for pound, baby. That's what's up. No, but listen, man. This guy, and I'm not saying that anybody knows Don or just ask around about Don. That is the hardest working dude that I know. He reminds me of my dad, man, with that same personality. My daddy was the. My dad is a soldier, the hardest man, the toughest man, and the kindest man I ever met. And he just got all those personalities. You can't stop that guy. He is a horse. That's some bitch. Yeah, he, he won't stop. He'll work out two or three times a day. Um, and then after he got off of work at two or three o'clock in the morning on the railroad, uh, you know, field or whatnot, uh, loading up trucks and trailers. And yeah, he, he, he is a horse, man. And he's the most promoting, hardest working guy out there, self promoting guy that we have. So, yeah, it's it's real when you he is the pound for pound and in, in, in the dog pound right now. That's that's who you, that's what you need as that's you got somebody that's gonna put the brand out there and that sounds like the person that's gonna do it. Yes, and you never have to ask. I mean, and and you know how did some some people think like, oh well, we try to give him give him something because nah, listen, I ain't give that dude shit. <laughs> he took it. He come out there and he busts his head. Don't nobody, can't, them young bucks can't out work him. He works all day long. He comes back and work again all night and study film. He's always uh, putting himself out, the brand out. Yeah, I mean, it's out there. If they want it, they could take it from him. And that, that's, that's real talk. That's about who works the hardest, man, and who goes through the most. And right now, shit, pound for pound, that, he, he's holding it down. 
Yes, indeed, man. And so while, while we're at it, closing that out, man, go ahead and plug everything, you know, and, and also please send our love and, and, and respect to, to the missus as well. But plug everything you got going and let people know how they can reach out to you. All right. Well, if you don't mind, Tony, can you handle that? Oh, yeah. You know, you know, you know, I got you, big bro. Um, coming up, Dogtown Championship Wrestling at the historic Woodlawn Gym in San Antonio, Texas. The Teddy Long Tag Team Invitational. That's right. We got WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long is going to be there in person. We're going to be crowning the first ever Dogtown Championship Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Um, so Dogtown Championship Wrestling has been around uh, I guess almost a year now, if I'm not mistaken, and they just crowned Haas Holding as their first singles champion. Right. Well, well, honestly, we, we've only had four shows, man. And that's crazy because when you go to Dogtown, I told Rodney after after I came on and had my first show there, I've never seen a promotion that had a crowd that was as big, as loud, and as interactive as their crowd was. I mean, everyone there had T-shirts with their favorite wrestler on them. They had signs with their favorite. Like, this was a dream crowd, man. So these guys are doing it right. But, yeah, it's going to be the 29th first ever tag team champions. Uh, Haas Holdings first title defense. There's some other matches on the card. But I want to ask you real quick, Rodney, out of this tag team tournament that's coming up, who's the team in the tournament to watch, in your opinion? Who do people need to keep their eyes on? Who's your favorite? Man. I'm not I'm not I'm not joking when I say this. I really don't have a favorite because got I I've I've trained about four of four of these tag teams. Man, the misfits, in my opinion, are probably one of the hottest and I hate to say that because I trained them, but they they're one of the best teams I know I know by far in the South. And they've only been together for maybe five, six months the most. Um, the ONGs, I mean, I trained those guys a long time ago. Um, but then you got like Pretty Ball Rock, these young guys coming out of Lions Pride. Um, my, yeah, they're, 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 they're cutting up. And then there's this two, two big guys, two young bucks out of, uh, Austin, the Ruin Nation. Them guys like six foot three, six foot four, man, it's some beast. So it's, it's going to be a toss up. Um, the most experienced group. And also you got, uh, Boys out of Booker School. Man. They're lighting it up. Fly uh, Death. Fly Death. Def. Yeah, yeah. Fly Death cutting up. Uh, and and then what what this this the Russell twins. Y'all know who the Russell twins are? No, man, sir. They're knocking it off. Oh man. Yeah, they're cutting up. They cut they, they remind me of two uh somebody said it was Ron Killing's kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They look. They remind you of him. They've got that that look, that body type, athleticism, and yeah, yeah. They they gonna be something to to, to reckon when I think they just won some titles. So, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a, a, a good tournament, man. But I'm I don't know. I'm leaning towards. Uh, I gotta lean with misfits, man. Well, there may be my wild card chick. There it is, right there, man. Well, shit, Rodney. Uh, happy Black History Month to you, sir. And uh, oh, hey man, I'm sorry. I know we're running out of time, but February 26th, that legendary Ice Man King Parson will be down at the pound, baby. There it so is. Mark that down. There it is. Uh, yeah. And mama, yes, and, and like mama always said, 
It hey, bees that bees way sometimes. Sometimes. Have mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> Rudy Poop. That's the thing. Rudy Poop. Yes, we are family. <laughs> I got all my sisters with me. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I hope to see you guys out there, man. If you miss on the Teddy Long, come holler at us, man. February 26th. Yes, sir. We we will we'll we'll make we'll make plans. We can't make promises because of the, you know this whole pandemic shit, but we, yes, sir. But you, yes, we, sir. we will promise to come to San Antonio. We just can't promise exactly when that's going to be, but just know it's happening. We slide that's at some up. point. That's <laughs> what's up, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, nothing but love. And uh, I'll probably be hollering at you, man, real soon. Love you too, my brother. We'll talk to you soon, bro. Appreciate you coming you in, sharing with us. Swap. Yo, take him to the house. Pencil pushers. Heads up, pencils down.